0: You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Episode ninety six is here, and so is the trailer for the Last Jedi. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. Man, oh man, it's going to be another huge week in Star Wars land. It's going to be another huge week at, at Tumbling Saber. Where are we going to start? Um, <laughs> let's
1: just let's start the polite way. Corey, how you doing, sir? I'm um, actually doing pretty good. So it's, uh, it's actually Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, Happy amazing- Thanksgiving,
0: everybody. In yeah, Canada, true. anyway. That, so that's uh, Carlos, Tim, Nathan, all you guys out there listening in Canuckle Headland. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great weekend.
1: Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving to the entire Commonwealth, no matter where you are. Uh, I give thanks to be able to call myself a member of it and to to know so many new people in that regard as well.
0: No doubt. I think, you know, this whole podcasting gig and becoming part of the Commonwealth, it's been a heck of a whirlwind. And uh, yeah, no, you're right, Corey. I'm I'm thankful for that. It's kind of taken our lives on a bit of a left turn in a good way. But uh, you know, here we are, podcasting multiple times a week and making friends all over the globe. What what more could you ask for?
1: More Star Wars toys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess on that note, um, how did we do this weekend in in, uh, collecting?
1: We, we did pretty well, Kyle. We did pretty well. You know that. Uh, oh, I know, we I know that. A, we had a little exchange over the weekend. Uh, I had to hand over some uh, powerful gifts for our powerful friends. And my God, I, I thought it was going to be a lot harder to give those things away. But uh, no, you didn't have to pry them out of my hands. Now we've we've got a huge treasure chest full now. <laughs> what is your dog doing? I didn't want him to walk over there. I don't want him to... Hey, this is the
0: first time Trigger really makes an appearance on the show.
1: Come here, buddy. Whoa. He's the best. He's the most the most gentle, amazing dog, best friend, loyal companion you could ever ask for. I'm telling you, this dog is He's awesome, man. He's the kind of dog you walk without a without a leash, you know? Yeah, that's illegal in some places, Corey. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I usually do it, but, I mean, he, he won't run. He's not a runner. He's institutionalized. Padded room in and all and everything? No. <laughs> it's always really more the reference to uh, Shawshank. Got it. Yeah, so anyway, collecting updates.
0: We've got the treasure chest full of goodies for our powerful friends. I, I did a quick, some quick math. And if we, if we could stretch what we have for the next year. And that's without picking up anything else that we see uh, forthcoming for The Last Jedi or the Han Solo movie that comes next year.
1: Yeah, that's right. Pra- I went pretty uh, pretty crazy as of late. I mean, there's been certain things that we've seen out there, and I'm like, I'm probably not going to see this again. Like, let's just pull the trigger. Pew! Did it, man. But it was good to good to fork them on over to you. And then, you know, we're part of this, uh, this Black Series form, Canadian form, and this is how I managed to land my wrecks, uh, which I'm so stoked about. I'm not looking at it right now. It makes me so happy. But um, yeah, everyone started posting. Yeah, EB Games got the uh, Force Spirit Obi-Wan, which I kind of found weird. Should be Force Ghost. But anyhow, uh, Force Spirit Obi-Wan was dropping throughout Canada. And I knew one that was relatively pretty close to my place. So on Friday afternoon, I drove out. And lo and behold, I, I actually called prior. The guy said, yeah, we got some of those. But you never know, right? Some people just say, "Oh, there's an Obi-Wan," <laughs> but uh, no, they got them, and there's only two in hand. I definitely would have bought a third if there were one, so I definitely got one for me, and I passed the other one on to you, Kyle.
0: Oh, it it feels good. It's like smacking the veins, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. I oh, can't wait till I get that. My hands on that X-wing,
0: Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep dreaming. You know, you know what it is though. It's it's like having the you know, all these red black series boxes. I am kind of bored of those now, but now that the Force Ghost Obi-Wan, it's got the like the the blue spine and all the blue graphics. It,
1: it just it just yeah.
0: f- visually it like is. wow,
1: I have something special. Yeah, it's true. It almost looks like an exclusive. It's the same thing with Rex, like it's all blue and stuff, which is totally different. But yeah, this this is a this is one that I've had on the list for a while and I'm glad that it was like it was still a hunt and I don't think I'm going to see any more around for quite some time. So I'm definitely glad we locked those down.
0: No, that's a sweet score. Thanks for picking that up for me, man. <laughs> no problem. That's the uh, way I roll, so yo. You, wait, you also got uh, the, the Hascon exclusive Rex? Is that what it? That's from? Yep. That's a yep, sweet
1: I, figure. I, oh man, it is. It it just jumped incredibly in, in value as well, which is I'm kind of like shocked about it. Luckily, I ordered quite a few things when I did order, but uh, so I mean, kind of saved on shipping a bit there. But if we would just would just order that, it probably would have come to about sixty bucks just to get it to your door. I mean it was twenty one something US plus shipping. So yeah, I mean people are selling them now for like hundred bucks seems to be the going rate. So you got a deal anyway? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean I'm totally I'm I was just really stoked to be able to get one. It was just like a total fluke. Hey man. Fortune favors the bold.
0: You went for it, you got it. Good job. Yeah. So I you know, I had this this little brainwave, which turned out to be more like a brain fart, but I think it was worth a try. So there's a video store near me, which I haven't set foot in in a few years because really, who goes to video stores anymore? But I remembered at the back of the store was a little like third-party video game store, and I thought, maybe that's an EB Games. Maybe there's more Obi-Wan Force Ghost figures there. So on a hunch, I drive over there, and it turns out it's not EB Games, but another lesser-known chain. And, ah, oh, that's too bad. Let me go see what they have anyway. You never know. So I go in, and they have Star Wars figures dating back from like four, three, four, five years ago. It's really, really weird how they have these old, you know, the, the Black Series three, three-quarter three stuff with the blister pack from, from a few years ago. So strange to see those still swinging on pegs. But I left those there, even though there was a couple of uh, ones from Legends, which could be valuable to some people, but they'd been kind of ripped open and taped back shut, so I, I left them there, and I I suspect they've been there for some time. So, uh, if I if someone tweets me after hearing this and goes, no, "No, go get it anyway," I just may do that. But what I did pick up was Obi Wan Starfighter, uh, from the 2014 Saga Legends line. Which was
1: that's sweet.
0: It's it's a weird little ship. It's it's so it's like the ship that he f- flew at the beginning of, uh, Revenge of the Sith, but it's the blue paint job one. So I don't know if he where he flew that. Maybe it was in Clone Wars somewhere that I don't notice. Um, yeah, I paid fifteen bucks for it. It's a total joke, and my son's already completely assimilated it. It's his. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it's over. But it's weird. It's it's like scaled down in size versus the Revenge of the Sith. Jedi Starfighter. Like, it's maybe two-thirds of the size, and you could tell the build quality is half of what it was for the Revenge of the Sith line. It's it's such a strange little ship.
1: But anyway, $15, bucks, i am not going to complain. Yeah, vehicles are always cool. Did you notice if they had any Clone Wars animated stuff? No, nope, nothing.
0: Anyway, so there's a quick collecting update. I thought that was a, a pretty good weekend. Very Obi-Wan-shaped for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, make my way on over to that micro play.
0: Yeah, have a little peek. So we had uh, New York Comic Con this weekend, which didn't deliver a whole ton of Star Wars news, but did give a a couple nuggets. Uh, I guess chief among them was a sequel to the Thrawn novel. Uh, What was it called? Thrawn Alliances. Yep. So, Corey, as, as you know, you're a bigger
1: Thrawn fan than I am. How do you feel about this? You know, uh, I still haven't even bought the novel yet of Thrawn. I definitely do plan on reading it, although I have heard a lot of mixed reviews. I do really like the character a lot. I don't know if it's his blue skin, whatever. It's a certain je ne sais quoi, but uh, I, I get the argument that a lot of people say, and I think you're on that boat, Kyle, that, you know, the the blunders kind of outweigh his genius and whatnot, but I kind of tend to look through that and look at him more as just the baddie, the villain. Uh, who they're trying to portray him to actually be, and I fall into that. Like I l- lull myself into that. So I'm kind of interested in in it. I'm I'm kind of most interested in hearing as to when it takes place. I know he's going to be with Vader, but is this going to be going back in time possibly, or is it moving forward on the same timeline it was? And where does where does it fall in regards to where Rebels is? Yeah, they wouldn't kind of. tell us that, right? Because that would obviously give away a big piece of Rebel Season 4. That's it. I mean, does he live? Does he Does he die, you know? Someone actually... I just heard a fan theory that says that, you know, Filoni... I think this is just a play on words, but Filoni said something. Either Vader or Palpatine won't be in Season 4. So one guy... And then he recently confirmed Palpatine is not in Season 4. So one guy's theorizing that Vader is... In season four uh, of Rebels. Well,
0: you know what I found? I went digging for it. I found it. A, a historically important document for us here at Tumbling Saber. It's our potential season four cameo list that you, myself, and my lovely wife, Candace filled out uh, when we wrapped up season three. So let's take a little quick peek. We'll, we'll recap this. We're going to do a preview show for our uh, our Rebels podcast, which is starting up in what a couple weeks, right? So we're going to sit down, yep. record a preview show there, and we'll run down this cameo list. We'll we'll refresh that, but <clears throat> on on the Vader front, Corey and Candace said no Vader, while Kyle said yes. On the Ooh. Emperor front, Corey and yeah. Candace said yes and Kyle said no.
1: Whew. Look at that. I, I definitely I remember I had a I had a feeling that Palpatine had to at least make an appearance, but no, we got confirmation. I
0: like a couple of predictions. Maybe, maybe accurate here. We'll see. But anyway, we'll, we'll round out this list later this week. Hope you guys can tune in for that. So yeah, so this, this Thrawn novel, I, I'll, I'll admit that I am more interested in this one, and I'm going to contradict myself. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be a little bit hypocritical because I'm the first person to say it's time to not only leave this era of Star Wars, it's time to stop leaning on vader to do the to, to you know to get these stories attention like it, it we don't know the story obviously but obviously if you're bringing in vader it's not going to be for nothing right and they said that vader will feature prominently so i don't know it, it feels like it's maybe going to be more of a vader book than a Thrawn book but you know what I'm probably still going to get it. I didn't touch the th- the first Thrawn novel. I really had no interest. I might listen to the audiobook because at least I can digest that in a couple hours here and there at work. Whereas, you know, it takes me like two months to read a novel. Um, but yeah, the-, the second one makes me much more interested. Just because Vader's going to be in it, yet I don't want Vader, <laughs> Vader in more stories unnecessarily. So h- how's that for talking out of both sides of your mouth?
1: Yeah, I kind of got you there. But anything, anything Vader like this in this time period, I'm kind of, I'm kind of down with. Especially what they've been doing recently with that, what all you guys have been saying about Vader, the comic book. Like I got them all. I haven't started reading them yet, but oh, you got to that. I know. Like Oof. once I got to go to make a stop to pick up the last few. Like I've purchased them. I think I have the first two or three here. But once I have them all in hand, I'm just gonna like. Binge through them because all I've heard you guys this weekend on Twitter, I mean ads, everybody's just saying how how really amazing it is.
0: Well, since since the first issue, and you know, Steve Steve and I sit down every couple weeks to talk about the comics and novels, but since issue one, like I think him and I have both been on the same page saying that this has been the most mind-blowing Star Wars title yet. And every issue has has sort of doubled down on that. It's easily at least in my mind, easily the best Star Wars comic going so far. Nice. I you know, I, I placed I placed a lot of faith in Charles Sewell and it's not failed, man. It has not let us down. It's it's so good. Issue six. None as mind blowing, but uh it's laying some train tracks and you know crossing over into Rebels territory. It's so good, man. Oh, you gotta get on that. Yeah, for real. So, anyway, yeah, Throne Alliances next summer. I'm probably gonna pick it up, and I'll probably squee like a little fanboy when I read the Vader scenes. But uh, yeah, I I am still pretty adamant that they need to to start putting him away. No, I totally agree with you there too. All right. Uh, so this weekend, Ron Howard tweeting. He, who do you think tweets more, Ron Howard or or 45? Not 45. That's not even a contest. <laughs> 45 tweets more. Uh, but uh, this weekend, Ron Howard tweeted that uh, something about, you know, they're spending as much time filming and uh, as they are in the edit- editing room these days. Something to that effect. Uh, to which one one fan replied back to him saying, so you're, what you're saying is that you're almost done. And Ron Howard ret- retweeted, uh, tweeted back to this fan saying, Almost finished shooting, but months of post-production work ahead. Tremendous team, so lots to look forward to creatively. Now, Corey, they started reworking this film early July. That's three whole months ago. And at this point, the only conclusion I can come to is that they've redone a huge chunk of this movie, like more than 50%. And it, to me, it looks like Lord and Miller aren't going to get directorial credits in this movie. Like they're, and they're not done shooting yet. They're still going.
1: So I don't know. What do you What do you think? I think it's quite possible. Um, I mean, I've kind of said that since the beginning that I think the amount, the extent of everything, the way it's been going, uh, I'm I was I was on the page of saying at least seventy five, eighty <laughs> percent. But uh, I don't know if they're going to get credit or not. Maybe a quick little, a brief little glimpse at their names, just a flash. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a Fight Club subliminal little slip in in one frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, they might maybe somewhere in the credits they'll get some kind of love, but I I don't think it's going to say, you know, directed by or co-directed by at any point. They'll be buried a little bit here. I think uh, this has just gone on so long, and again, they're not finished shooting. So
1: you know, they it, it doing... just goes to show you though, like the the true pro that that Ron Howard is, like the seasoned vet. Uh, we've not heard. I mean, granted, I guess at this point Lucasfilm would really try and cap this thing, but nothing hostile about that set. It just seems like everyone's kind of on the same page and that he's realizing the vision that Lucasfilm had, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems like he's stripped it right down to the studs and is is really rebuilding it all, I don't want to say from scratch. I'm sure some things have been preserved. But it looks like, uh, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, this is going to be a Ron Howard movie. Which I'm
1: okay with. <laughs> that guy is a I'm terrific de- movie maker. Oh yeah, this is like he understands this movie. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, there's gonna be a lot of adventurous things in this movie that he's familiar with. You know, like the racing, American graffiti. Like uh, this guy's been around since he's like what four years old. This he's he's a lifer. He's a showbiz lifer. He's as versatile a director as
0: there is. I, I, I'm still super excited for it. I wish we could start seeing little snippets here. A production photo, something official. But, I, you know, we're not going to get that now, I don't think. Not between now and... Where are we now? Where it's uh, about, about two months and change until The Last Jedi? I can't imagine we're going to get interrupted by Han Solo stuff at this point.
1: No, not at all. But again, it's just like it's like a, um, he's running a well-oiled machine over there. It just... I think it could also be indicative of the story as well. You know, if he's totally enamored with the story and inspired, uh, the tools at his disposal are limitless. Yeah, well, I mean, there's
0: there's always budgets to obey. And I guess at this point, the the budget's kind of
1: been blown out a bit. But yeah, no, your your point stands, I think. That just seems like it's coming together so well that it could be indicative of how good the, the film itself is.
0: Well, let's hope so. Anyway, let's race along. I'm getting antsy here. I want to talk about this last Jedi trailer, but we'll plow through what little news we did get last week. Some of it I've cut from the show notes just to speed things up a little bit more, and a couple things were just, they weren't really beefy enough or interesting enough for us to really talk about. So maybe we'll park those for episode 97 if things are a little bit bare. Uh, But for now, we're going to talk about the location of Akto potentially being revealed. Which I think is kind of interesting, in that it kind of puts egg all over us. <laughs> uh, so, an, an industrious fan uh, translated some Orabesh from the map that you know he captured. A, uh, I guess a high res screen cap from the Force Awakens, and did his due diligence and translated what he saw on the map. I can't believe it's taken almost two years for somebody to do this. But turns out Acto is really in the mix with. Naboo and all the planets that we really know about. So what do, what do you think about that, Corey? Na- Acto is not on some you know, far reach of the galaxy, out of the way, lost, and you know far away from everybody rim. and everything.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like right away I wanted to like grab a map and an atlas of the Star Wars galaxy and check it out. So it's definitely not on a spiral on the spiral rim of the Of the outer rim, you know, or a spiral arm. I don't know. We've seen it happen before with Kamino, right? But Kamino was way out there. Kamino was way out there. Way out there, and it was also an inside job. Like, I guess you can assume it was Count Dooku kind of took it off the charts. Or Palpatine, whatever. So, it kind of means, like, one of two things. Maybe it's just overlooked... Because it looks irrelevant, but I don't know. It looks like a pretty abundant source of, you know, the First Order or the Empire would have wanted to get their hands on some kind of planet. You know, it probably had something to offer them, so I don't really look at it in that regard either. So how did it get lost in space, you know? Like, how did it get written out of history? So it's got to have something, in my opinion, to do with the Force or...
0: Well, know, just we, see, being we, so- we did see how Camino got kind of erased from the archives. Maybe at some point the Jedi did this to themselves, they scrubbed Acto from you know for for, for protection. I mean, Ooh, I like that. You, well, I, you know, I think the the Jedi Sith War isn't is an actual canon thing. So maybe at some point, some industrious, forward thinking Jedi said, you know, we're going to lose this war. Uh, because we revere this planet so much, I'm going to wipe its existence from the archives, from existence, and just demolished it and completely wiped it from from, the, you know, from from the text. So for all intents and purposes, it no longer existed. And somehow Luke was able to find it. I think that's a
1: fitting thing. I agree with you, but the only problem I have with that... I, I Actually, I really like that because I didn't even ponder it, but the only problem I have with that is that it's not in a desolate part of space, like Camino was. Like, Camino, the way they figure it out, uh, you know, the, the kid says, like, someone erased it. And he's like, yes, you're right. But the gravitational mass of the star was still there. Like, other systems were kind of being drawn to it, right? So, that being the case, like, people need to plot hyperspace, you know, jumps through these these lanes of, of space. Like, if it's a populated area of space, Naboo, like, Obviously, Dagobah is not all that popular, but uh, yeah, you, you know, it's, you it's, could pull it apart that way. Like you could you could say, well, some astronomer on
0: some planet in that region of space would have noticed, you know, uh, Acto's gravitational pull affecting other bodies in that part of the galaxy and go, Oh, wait, there's there should be a planet there. Wait. Yes, there is. Look at that. It's not in any chart that it become the Bermuda Triangle of the, that galaxy. Yeah, you, you could pull it apart. If if you really wanted to that way, so maybe there is another explanation to to explain why Acto is completely lost. Um, but yeah, it, it I guess you know having it on the inner rim makes a bunch of sense because if it's the site of the first temple, and if we assume that the core where Alderaan and Coruscant and all these big shot planets are, if if that's where sort of galactic history started. Then it makes sense that Acto is in that mix. You know, you would think that it would have to be close to these planets when hyperspace was first invented. Like this this thing, this Acto planet, probably predates hyperspace travel. So you, you would think that, you know, any interstellar travel between planets, they would all have to be relatively close together, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Or, how about this? Um... Maybe they've seeded this in rebels already. Maybe the earliest form of hyperspace travel centered around, or maybe originated from the Jedi or the or Force sensitives or the Force itself. Remember how? The,
1: so you mean like by the communing by via the temples or whatever?
0: I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, but
1: uh, I got you though. Remember the, I, I the, like the Purgle. Where you're going.
0: Remember the Purgle? How they like? Here are here are these creatures that. Are able to travel through hyperspace. What if the first Jedi, you know, remember Ezra can, can communicate with these things? I don't know if Purgle are necessarily force users or force sensitive. But i is it that far fetched to suggest that Jedi sort of studied Purgle and communicated with Purgle and were able to unlock the secret of hyperspace that way? That's kind of interesting. Anyway, I'm, that's a huge reach, but, you know, it, it, all to say, like, everything huddled around a, a core, you know, at the beginning
1: of galactic history, yeah, Actov's probably right where it makes sense for it to be. But it's interesting, like, to, in my opinion, it should have been discovered at this point, just from a physical, yes. scientific standpoint. Yes. So, I think there's some kind of mystical energy surrounding it, which is kind of odd, too, because, I mean, Ray found it right off the hop. As she had the map piece it told her to go to a certain location and she found it but it's almost as if in my opinion like maybe the planet let her find it you know because again it really it should have been i get that space is very vast like unfathomably vast for our minds to even be able to conceive but I just figure if it's that close to the center like there's gotta be some kind of Shielding or something. I don't know. It's just not, uh, it's not for those who don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can also buy that somehow,
0: whether it's Luke himself or the planet or something contained within the planet is masking its presence. I, I'll buy that. That's, that's a, seems to be like a very Star Wars thing. You can apply the same thing to Dagobah, right?
1: Or could it also be something along the lines of it? The history on it is written incorrectly in the sense that they master tracks in saying that, oh, well, Act 2? No, no, no. You don't want to go there. Oh, bad, planet, bad, bad, bad planet. Kind of like Dagobah. Not comfortable. Don't go.
0: Don't bother. <laughs> like Well, Malachor is that way, right?
1: Jedi are forbidden oh, yeah. to go to Malachor. That's where Jedi go to die, yeah. Yeah. But I'm super interested in Malachor. More on that later. Indeed. All right, so there we go. Acto is
0: actually much closer than we thought. I guess in in a way it also you know I think I don't know what we're supposed to take out of this other than you know, like you said, the scientific reasoning can be pulled pulled apart there, but it does it, it can speak to the vastness of space, right? even in a in a small slice of map like we saw in the force awakens, that is a huge, huge area. So, if one planet got lost in there, if Acto is a small planet, maybe, ugh, maybe. I, I, obviously, we're not supposed to overthink this, which is exactly what we're doing. But this, that's yeah. that's what we do. But I, I like it. I, I I think I'm glad. Again, thankful on Thanksgiving weekend that somebody is thinking these things through. Like, Acto doesn't have to be billions and billions of miles removed from everything. It's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> fine located close to the core because if it's the location of the first Jedi temple then it should be close to where history started I would you would think that interstellar travel wasn't so easy at the beginning of the Jedi order I like it makes sense somebody thought this through way to go guys all right so uh, let's move ahead Uh, the evacuation of Dakar that seems like it's going to be something we see in the last Jedi quarry I I'm I'm excited to see that, though. Do you think it it cuts a little close to Empire to see an evacuation of a rebel base again?
1: Depending how it's done, uh, you know, at this point, I believe the Resistance must know the First Order knows their location. Oh, they knew. They knew in The Force Awakens. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We've talked about that. That's true. Um, So at that point, you know, they should be planning their evacuation, okay? maybe They should maybe have an idea as to how long they have to evacuate. I don't know if there'll be too much celebrating going on, even though they got Starkiller. So, yeah, right away, if Leia's on her game, she should tell them, like, we gotta get out of here ASAP. Let's do it. Let's hit the bricks. Pack up and go. Yeah. So, if it's just, like, the remaining ground crew, kind of, like, the last remnants of people there, like, probably Leia, Poe, like, people were saying, I'm not leaving till everyone else is gone. Then I kind of get that, you know? Well,
0: one uh, one of, the, one of the, the pieces surrounding this story is the addition of a new character, uh, Tally Lintra, which when I first heard the name rang a bell. And then I thought about it for a second. I go, "Oh my God, that's there's already a Tally Lintra toy out there. If you want to go buy it, it's it's available right now. It's she's packed with the uh, Resistance A-wing fighter, which cool. which nice. suddenly makes me want this toy much much more. I've seen it a bunch of times on the shelves. It's right down the street from me and you know I'm suddenly very interested I want this toy me too (laughs) (laughs) anyway so yeah like I you know we're gonna get an evacuation scene in The Last Jedi and I think we've seen shots of that in, in in the I guess the first teaser from Celebration how so? Well, I think those resistance bombers, I'm just guessing those shots of the resistance bombers are providing cover as the rest of the fleet escapes. I could be completely wrong. That's just my my guess. I think the big space battle is at the beginning of this movie. Again, you're thinking the big space battles at the beginning? Totally guessing. I have no clue, but I'm guessing the space battle is at the beginning as they evacuate Dakar and the big ground battle is at the end. With the... With the gorilla walkers. That's... That Not I'm late... It kind of, totally guessing.
1: <clears throat> Not late... It kind of makes sense... Because... I was kind of thinking about it as well... And we... From... I guess... From the assumption we're under... Obviously... Dakar's got to be at the beginning of the film... Crate toward the end... Uh, so it would kind of be... A bit weird to see an invasion of both planets... By the First Order... On the Resistance... You know what I mean? Like two times in one film... Now granted... If you... They do it the way you would said it... Like one... With one being in space... One being on the ground. Uh, I guess you can kind of work it out like that. But I was more hoping, I guess, to see a space battle toward the end. And I think, I think that's still going to be the case, to be honest. But it also kind of got me thinking in a weird way that I know this is kind of crate has been confirmed as the rebel rebels base, uh, uh, the resistance's base, right?
0: Uh, or it I'd, was yeah, in the past.
1: Yeah, I believe that to be correct. Because I was thinking, you know, the end. Uh, at the end, possibly, maybe, this is a stretch again, but maybe the First Order has control of crate, and it's the Resistance making their first strike on them, you know? Although I don't think that's going to be the case. It kind of got me thinking that way because I was like, two invasions on the Resistance in one movie kind of seems a bit of overkill.
0: Well, we see, we know that the comic is coming out just after Christmas, right? Um, I forget what it's actually called. It's, it's Luke and Leia, but they're on Crait, and this is in the window between A New Hope and Empire. So we know the Rebellion is on Crait well before The Last Jedi. And we've already been told, I, I, I'm pretty sure, that the Rebellion was, had been mining Crait as a, as a source uh, of money. So whether they were selling contraband that they would get there, or gems. I think it was gems, actually. Something they were pulling out of the mines on crate and using it to fund the Rebellion. Um anyway, we're going we're definitely going to learn more about that. Uh but anyway, this this Tally Lintr character played by actress Hermione Corfield who I know nothing about. Uh but could be a really cool under the radar addition to Star Wars uh characters. Looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. It'd be nice to, be in, to have toy. another hotshot pilot. I ho- I, ho- I hope she survives. They're build- actually you know like, just... they're building up a a pretty cool stash now of of Personable pilots like in the original trilogy we had wedge hobby but it, like hobby biggs porkins you know gold leader red leader these guys all had very short shelf lives red, uh, wedge is like the only guy that stuck it out dak <laughs> dak really didn't last very long but yeah so many of those original trilogy guys were gone and the prequels offered almost nothing in that regard it was all cannon fodder clones and N1 starfighter pilots, which obviously we only saw once. But I like that. In this trilogy, we've got Snap, Poe, Jess Pava, um, and now Tally Lintra. Can, I don't know.
1: I just feel this way, I guess. But I just, I wish I felt more feelings <laughs> for <laughs> Snap Wexley. You would if you read Aftermath.
2: Hmm.
0: It's, it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of Snap Wexley as a precocious little teenager. That's one of the, I guess, it's one of the positive aspects of, of Aftermath. Interesting. But you know what? The, this whole thing about the evacuation of Dakar, I, I now more than ever, and you know, you know, since since almost the very beginning, I've said that even though they've told us that the movie picks up. You know, there's no time gap. It just picks up with Luke and Ray, and so everybody is kind of run with. Well, the movie opens with Luke and Ray. I've, I've, oh no, from the beginning, I have said it's not going to open with Luke and Ray. I more than ever, I believe that we're going to get a scene. The first scene will be First Order, and it's going to be something along the lines of you know an officer approaching either Hux or some other commanding officer saying, "Sir, we're making our approach to Dakar. Good, prepare all squadrons." Something to that effect.
1: Da, 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 da. it's
0: gonna be so good yeah and then, then, like, I, the whole I'm entire totally on the same page well, and, and i think that first order dreadnought the one with that huge giant cannon mounted underneath i think that's going to be part of this sequence where they're going to just that's that ship is going to pummel uh the either the fleet or the surface of dakar maybe both so i, I think the opening scene is going to be you know, first order on their on their approach to dakar and then uh, sort of a, a short but frantic space battle, and then we're gonna cut to Ray and Luke. So I would say like eight, nine minutes into the movie is when we're gonna cut to Ray and Luke for the first
1: time. I I have to be on the same page as that you there, like like maybe not like you said, like they're in the system or they found out where they are and they're on their way. The resistance knows, they're preparing their their evacuation, you know, you get to see Leia, Poe, uh what's going on with Finn a bit, maybe. Or maybe the, maybe the first scene is, is the one where Leia smacks Poe.
0: You know, maybe they're, they're, she's, she's just hanging on too long and it's time to go. They know the First Order is like around the corner and Poe triggers her and she smacks him in the face. Like maybe he questions her leadership or says that she's uh, risking, risking this, the, the future of the Resistance by dawdling and she just slaps him right across the mouth. Who knows? But yeah, you could also see that saying, you know, General... We gotta go. The first order is right here. They're on our doorstep. We have to go. I could see the movie
1: starting like that too. Yep. But definitely, I'm I'm on the same page that. Who knows? Maybe wrong, but I don't see it starting with with Luke and Ray.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're gonna make us wait just a little bit more for that. All right, so that's it for the news, man. What are we gonna talk about Details. next, Corey? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about it. It's time to talk about the
1: trailer for The Last Jedi. This is something I've been waiting for this for a long time, and oh my god, it's, the time is here, like, the fuse has really been lit now, in my opinion, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm got a bit of a fever right now. It's hard to process it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, before we dive headlong into the trailer, let's let's back up to Sunday night, and I, well, so it's a Sunday during the day, really. We saw a couple teases, really small snippets, five, ten-second snippets. That was really the fuse that lit the whole thing. That's what made this whole thing real. Um, there was one with Ray swinging around a lightsaber, which looked pretty great. And then there was one with Kylo picking up his lightsaber from uh, the floor in Snoke's throne room. And uh, the big one, for me, anyway, was Luke taking hold of the saber.
1: Oh, yeah, the tumbling saber. Same here. Uh, when I saw that, I was just, you know, it's almost as if his robotic hand or both hands were trembling and seeing this thing. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I thought. Like this, he's so traumatized by what he's seeing that he he can't process it. It's he can't believe this thing's back in his hands again.
1: And again, so bo- um, so bold on their part. Not really. I mean, this is like we're Star Wars. Like I had asked you, um, I believe on last week's show, what's what's the time frame they'll give themselves in order to market this thing accordingly and we're like oh good morning america sometime sometime during the week midweek if not the star wars show and no uh sunday the one day before even though it was already pretty much a given for for the most part
0: well yeah it's sort of sort of the internet's worst kept secret at that point we knew october 9th was going to be the day and then they just, they confirmed it sunday anyway Oh man, I'm so excited by all the stuff that we just saw, man! Holy smokes! So, uh, they they dropped the uh, the poster, the theatrical poster, about an hour before the the trailer came out. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's really heavily bathed in red, and it's pretty sinister looking, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's just continuing on with that theme that we've seen throughout in the trailers. Um, uh, the each poster, the the character posters, they were. I mean it's just following through with that and I really like it. It's kind of like pixelated or I don't want to say pixelated but anyway it does look dark. It's it's strokes of red and uh almost graphically violent possibly foreshadowing. I don't know. It's just uh, well it's dark. I mean it's supposed to invoke a darkness and
0: I think that's this movie as we're going to talk about in the trailer looks like it's going to be pretty dark and grim.
1: But definitely definitely not an ugly poster, that's for sure. It's a uh, it's nice. No, it's not ugly. No, it's.
0: Uh... I mean, from a Photoshop standpoint, it's it's superb work, of course, and I think conceptually, for me anyway, it's a it's a big upgrade over the Force Awakens ho hum, you know, uh, bland collage. Oh, I like how
1: you put that. Conceptually, it is exactly. It doesn't seem, even though it's a montage or a collage of those characters, it's it's not done in your ordinary fashion, which I kind of really liked.
0: Yeah, it does. It doesn't look as generic. Like you can tell. Well, you actually. You, the Force Awakens poster looked like a Marvel poster. Not to say that they're bad or ugly, but there's just nothing remarkable about them. This this looks a lot better. I think it's a big upgrade.
1: Yeah, it's hitting home for us. I know we're big uh, advocates for the Rogue One posters, and but uh...
0: well, I mean, I, I you know what? I, I'm actually I still like the teaser poster better. The one from Celebration, right? With with Ray at oh, the bottom yeah. holding up the lightsaber. Yeah, there's something about and Luke that. and Kylo. Yeah, that one. That one still still is the, the the reigning champ for me as far as the Last Jedi posters. So now we get to look forward to what more character posters or more generic type posters that are definitely going to hit the market soon enough. Um, yeah. All right. So I mean, <laughs> I'm st- I'm still like shaking a little bit uh, after real? having watched this trailer a bunch of times. But let let's get into it.
1: It kicks off with with uh kyla looking over well, let's, let's just let's just stop here for kyle before we really 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 kick it off like like let's take our time with this for a second and man like what did we just see what did we just process like you know i remember well, that's what we're gonna try and talk about well just put yourself back in time okay like i, I want to ask you this before we start this off um coming into the tfa into the force awakens we saw these trailers and they blew our minds and we were all like yeah star wars is back but now that it is back it, it's still different so like I don't know if this is just coming off the high or riding the wave of this trailer, but I'm as excited for or greater, or like more excited to see this film, knowing that we're in our era's empire, you know, like this is the film, man, like we're building up to it. And it's met, it met all my expectations, full on feels like I had high expectations for this trailer and I do this film and like it, I'm shocked. It's so much bigger.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question about that. Um, yeah, so we, we start with, with Kylo looking at, I guess, some some preparations before they dive into battle. A bunch of First Order ships and gear. Uh, but really, it's, it's the Snoke um, voice narration over top. And he's talking to... Who's he talking to? When I found you. And talking about how there's something special about this person. Is he talking to Kylo? or is he talking to Ray? Is that is that sort of the through line here?
1: Well, I kind of got you there and it didn't hit me right away, obviously, but I watched the trailer many times in a row and after kind of like watching the whole thing, like I believe, you know, we're going to jump forward a bit here, but there's a conversation that he's saying at the end fulfill your destiny. I believe it's the same conversation as he's having right now and it's probably with Ray. It could be with Kylo. You
0: think? I think it, I think that's our first misdirect. I think it's intentional to make us think it's Rey, especially with that shot. But uh, I I think it could be with Kylo.
1: Well, it could be with Kylo. I mean, even in the like it, the first few times I watched it, I thought it was Kylo because it's showing Kylo, like as he's talking at the beginning, your raw untamed power, and he's bending to pick the lightsaber. But then it flashes to Ray. But it could be Snoke. Speaking to Rey and then, you know, her in that position at the end, that's clearly Snoke. You could see him in the background, like using some kind of insane force power on him, on her.
0: Well, it's, it's cut in such a way that we're supposed to be having this exact conversation, not knowing who he's talking to, but it it could swing either way. I mean, I'm not convinced that it's Kylo,
1: but I'm not, I'm certainly not convinced that it's Rey either. Me neither. Either way. I'm totally, I have no idea, but uh, to me, I'm kind of leaning a bit more toward Rey and I really find the line, when I found you, extremely interesting. Because, it, again, it could play into Kylo in the sense that I found you uh, with Skywalker and I took you to be my apprentice. Or it could be like... Yeah,
0: when you when, when you have a concept like the Force that allows people to reach out and touch one another without actually being face-to-face, I, when I found you means almost nothing. It could he, it could mean when, he's, when he detected him, first sensed his birth, first sensed his
1: conception... But the same goes for Ray sure. as well. And well, sure. And when sure. I when I found you and henceforth dumped you off on Jakku,
0: it could be that too. but yeah, that that was something I thought of right away. What do you mean, Snoke found Ray? Snoke knows Ray. Oh my god. Well, I guess we knew that Snoke kind of knew Ray, but for him to, for him to say that when I found you, well, then I you know you think about it for a second. Yeah, who cares? I mean, he could have found her in any number of ways just using the force and never actually meeting her.
1: But just what he's saying there, like what Snoke's end goal is here, like he's seen something with this raw, untamed power and he's seen both sides of the fence kind of. And what he sees beyond is something truly special. Like, that's man, like, what's this guy up to?
0: Well, he's, he, you know, as, as, Evil overlords—they like to uh, whisper sweet nothings into their apprentices' ears. Tell them, tell them how powerful they can be.
1: No, I believe that this movie is going to pertain to ancient myths and legends and mysticism. Like, like this trailer is clearly indicating a lot of stuff that's been never discovered before within the Force. So, like, it's really coming to like the uh, the pinnacle or the end game of the Force in a way. It seems like.
0: Hmm, interesting. I never, I didn't pick up any of that. But well, well let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> where do we want to go next? My God. So I guess we we, we cut over to uh, Ray talking to Luke about the power inside of her, and he's, he's, I, there's a quick shot of of her. Uh, I guess concentrating, zoning in on the Force, and she splits the ground in two. Yeah, she's cracking Luke the looks cliff. Back. It's incredible. And Luke looks back, and it look he looks utterly shocked. Yeah,
1: he's really he's scared
0: he's scared Uh, there's something that's frightening about what just happened and i for me this is the moment where luke has finally figured out for himself the power of the person in front of him and he's realized that oh my god i like maybe to this point luke is still on the uh i don't want to do this bandwagon but now that once he sees her do this He's like, okay, that's it. I have to train this person.
1: Well, I don't know. It could be, it could be the exact opposite because we hear him again at one point in the thing saying, "I've seen this kind of untamed raw power before," and like, I'm he's scared of it. He says it straight up, like you see him popping out of the the ashes of the, the temple, which is so cool.
0: Yeah, that was that's kind of shocking to me. I mean, that, that kind of confirms that Luke was there in the thick of it when his when his academy was destroyed. I, had, I had, you know I had a theory that he was off world. And then Kylo just came and ambushed the whole place, and Luke shows up later going, Dope! No, again, who
1: whos who is... Who, first of all, who is Snoke talking about, but who is Luke talking about? Is he talking about Kylo coming back, or is he talking about Snoke? Well, I've only seen this kind of power once before. He was an old, decrepit, frail, force-sensitive dude, and, man, did he come back and destroy us. Or my nephew, I took him for granted. He was so powerful, and, you know?
0: Well, um... Yeah, I think well, I think soon after that we kind of cut to Kylo, so I think they're kind of spelling it out for you there. It's right after that, Kylo smashes his helmet. So I think they kind of lead you there. I think Luke is definitely talking about his nephew.
1: But he's definitely telling Ray that you know when I've seen this power before, it scared me, and basically he's kind of like backing out, like I can't do this, like no.
0: Or he's du- or, or I mean he or he's doubling down, because he, maybe he went pretty slack with his nephew hence why he went to the dark side ergo sent hence why he feels so bad about what's happened and he's he's thinking i you know i wasn't strict enough or uh, aware enough with my own nephew i didn't think this would happen but it did so i need to be doubly vigilant this time with you just a thought no i got it oof man oh man this this trailer was just utterly incredible my mind just keeps wandering back to I know it.
1: it's it's so hard to to really lock it down it's all really just a blur like recording tonight getting tickets uh, it's just been a complete <laughs> I don't know it's been incredible
0: it's been it's been a nutso couple of hours that's for sure so another thought on Ray cracking open the ground so we know that Luke is on Acto looking for something perhaps seeking the first Jedi temple did he find it did he not find it we've been debating that what if he never found it, and Ray cracking the ground open was sort of breaking the seal?
1: I And she's she just found it. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. But, uh... I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, you know, it
0: seems a little far-fetched, but it could be.
1: No, it's really cool. But the look on Luke's face again, like, oh, Oscar for Hamill.
2: Mm.
0: Oh, he looks like he's going to act the hell out of this movie.
1: Really, eh? For real? The way he looks
0: at her, like... Well, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, Mark Hamill's acted the shit out of a couple of Star Wars movies. I mean, Empire he he's he he is special in
1: Empire. It's true he's Making got the
0: believe in Yoda. It's it, he's done some stellar work, but this looks like it's going to top
1: them all. No, I I and he's embraced it so much so far, which is amazing. Absolutely. Oh my god. All right. So okay, <laughs> the next the next scene coming up after that, I believe, is Kylo, and you just see this guy piloting the crap out of this uh this silencer the thai
0: silencer yeah what about what about a space band-aid Corey? anything to say about that
1: dude i do have a little note on here i'm glad you brought that up it's like uh kylo scar is he's got some kind of weird synthetic back to band-aid that's my thing he's got the back to band-aid it's it's it really <laughs> does a number on his gash too because he had a big gash and it moved around we all know that <laughs> but uh by the way, this thing it looks really cool, and it also it's also indicative of the fact that this puts that scene where he's coming in, and we're meant to believe that he's going in for Leia uh with a narration that's going on where he's saying, "Let the past die kill it if you have to you know um that kind of makes it seem to me that it's toward the beginning or the at least the middle act or prior because we see a scene of him later on where it seems like his scar is still there. But definitely not as horrific as it should been and should have been.
0: This this trailer does give us um, not a full timeline of events, but it I think it does make it very easy to place where certain things are. Like so, the Band-Aid, him piloting the tie interceptor. That's that's Dakar. That's got to be the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah, with the evacuation.
0: Yeah, that's got to be it. So uh, we we see Kylo, you know, there's heavy hints at him taking out Leia. On the, you know, the control center of that, of that ship. And you could see him. And this is where Adam Driver does just such a special job. Yeah. Oscar for for, for Adam
1: Driver, man. I'm telling you, I know what you mean.
0: I mean, you can, you can absolutely tell how, how conflicted he
1: still is. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So he's,
0: he's thinking about taking out his mom. He knows she's there. He's thinking about it awfully hard. And you could see the look on his face, the conflict on his face. And Wow. Does he pull the trigger or not? Like we heard early rumors that Leo does get gravely injured. Is that the moment?
1: Well, you know what's really interesting about that too. Our good friend Carlos Candido pointed this out on Twitter not not too long ago. Actually, I was kind of just on Twitter before we started recording. And now I, you know, you watch these things and you really once you start thinking about it more and more, it's like a lot of things you take for granted, right? Like when Kylo's speaking about that, letting uh, uh let the past die, kill it if you have to. It seems like narration for the movie in the trailer. It's like, oh, okay, that works. But in reality, he's speaking to someone. This is most likely going to be lines in the film. So who is he speaking to? You think? I, you know, every time I watch a trailer
0: now, I'm I'm always kind of looking at things, t- taking certain things with a grain of sand.
1: I get what you mean there, but this in this instance, it may be a little different. TFA was in a bit of trouble. Rogue One, we had... <laughs> big trouble but this movie's been so nicely neatly packed it's in the can so i almost think that the better part of the footage we see is in the film granted there's probably all kinds of misdirects and whatnot but it's i don't know it's unlike past productions
0: yeah well you know what they they have plenty of time to think this out and where are we going to misdirect these guys how are we going to continue to pull on their heartstrings but how about that shot of the Falcon flying through
1: the, like the mineral caves on crate? That's what it is. I, I assume the same thing, but, and that pork too, like it looks like him and Chu are going to be like buddies, man. Like she was like, yeah. And the pork's like, whatever. Yeah, of course
0: <laughs> they're going to be little buds. So who's piloting the Falcon in that sequence? Is it the pork? <laughs> <laughs> he is in the no. pilot seat. Chewie's still uh, Chewie's still in the well he's on the dashboard he's not in the pilot seat hmm
1: because it doesn't look like it looks like Chewie is in the co-pilot seat maybe he's just more comfortable flying from that like uh, you know English and I mean it is
0: Ray's ship right so you, you would think is Ray going to take the Falcon to Crate? is she flying it I can't who, who else would be flying it yeah in that tight quarters against TIE fighters like that it's got to be Ray, right
1: the only other person would be Chewbacca like it's it's. He's knows the ship in and out as well he's obviously a pretty damn good pilot so it still could be him I think, I think I've think. i always thought of Chewie as like a
0: serviceable pilot but I never thought he would be the one you want in a dogfight
1: well know what I, mean? I know what you mean but I don't think he's the star fighter like like star all star you know dogfighter but I'm pretty sure he could hold his own you know what I mean Maybe I guess, but I I I don't think Chewie's piloting that thing. Well, speaking of pilots, as as the trailer goes on, you get Kylo, and then it flows right into Poe. Oh man, yeah, some fighting words for Poe, yeah, right? The narration from each character. I mean, it started with Luke. uh started with Snoke, goes to Ray, then Luke, then we get Kylo. Now we're hearing from Poe. Yeah, we are the spark that will ignite the fire to burn the first order to the
0: ground, or something like that. Yeah.
1: So good. And just the shots. Yeah, he looks
0: fired up, man. Poe looks all kinds of fired up. Yeah. But look, what, what comes after that? Finn versus Phasma. Oh, yeah. I did not think we were going to get that in episode eight. I really didn't. I thought that was that was going to be a key face-off for episode
1: nine. Well, you know what? I think we're going to see it again in episode nine. Because just the way it's squared up in this trailer, it almost looks like... If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm just popping in my head right now. But I think we saw that... F- First Order trooper from The Force Awakens pull out his electronic baton and Finn light up and go up against him in the trailer, I think, no?
0: no I'm not even thinking about that trailer anymore. Yeah, but it
1: was very similar to this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where you see Finn in the distance lighting up what he's got and her lighting up what she's got. So it's it's almost like setting up for the trilogy in a way. Like they, they did one with Finn, they did two with Finn, now, in the third one, there'll probably be another little battle like this as well. I would think for his character.
0: Yeah, maybe it makes perfect sense. I mean, Finn's gonna have as much of an arc as anybody else. Um. So next, we we see Luke on the ground, almost like he's been defeated, saying with with some urgency, saying, uh, "This is not going to this is not going to go
1: the way you think." Yeah, that could be the moment what, where where she decides like I have to go back to create or whatever. You know, like it's almost it's almost I almost got the sense that
0: now that they they come to blows, Luke and Ray. but that she's 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 grown fed up of him, and she puts him down, and she's she's getting feeling a surge of power within her that she's going to go do this.
1: Well, that's, and he's trying to talk her down. I get that too because you know from what they've said. Ryan Johnson said her parentage doesn't matter. Uh KK uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that her parentage is somewhat important, but Ryan Johnson again said it doesn't matter. So in this re- Yeah, well, I mean we'll get we'll get more to that later. Yeah, but like just in this regard, like uh she seems to be asking throughout the trailer, like, I don't know who I am. Please someone help me. I don't know who I am. Like someone got just push me in the right direction and I'll do it. And I think it's gonna come to the point with this film where she's gonna be like, hey, you know what? I'm Ray of Jakku. Like, I'm going to figure this out for myself, and I'll figure it out for all the rest of you as well. Yeah, she might
0: just be, like, stepping into her own power and saying, I'll figure this out for all of you. Step aside.
1: I got the Force on my side this time. Yeah, exactly, because you you see her throughout the trailer again. She's questioning herself and begging people for guidance.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that takes us kind of towards the end. I mean... we're kind of blowing through it here and i'm sure we'll come back to this in in future episodes and i'm sure uh powerful friends will have some questions that they want to throw to us that we want to continue to flesh other things out but
1: and we're also on the verge of another uh three hour episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it looks like we could be heading that direction but uh you know what've i've heard nothing i've heard nobody say that's a bad idea again so we'll we'll keep going with that with that train of thought
1: well before moving on again kyle you know what's again interesting no sign of the knights of wren
0: no knights of wren only a vague, vague shot of the praetorian guard yeah we'll go through our notable absences towards the end uh but really i, I think the big kahuna question with ray questioning her place in all this and it looks like i you know i thought it was going to reveal her talking to luke but she it It's her talking to Kylo, and he extends what seems to be a helpful hand, as in, come with me. Now, this what is, is this another misdirect, or is this a sign that Ray and Kylo take off together and they don't trust anybody? They don't trust Snoke. They don't trust Luke. They don't really know what's going on, but they think maybe they're trying to figure it out themselves.
1: The latter the latter and that's a very good point Kyle I'm glad you kind of assumed that for yourself before you know I've talked about this for a long time I think Kylo and her can kind of work together like if Kylo feels betrayed by Snoke's ultimate ambition and it not being him like if Snoke used Kylo as a pawn to get to Rey like he's gonna be like what the hell I thought I was your boy like you just wanted her to fill your own like plans no 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 no, you know And I really see it like that. Like at the beginning, the way Snoke's explaining it. Like I saw this thing and it was beautiful. Or, you know, I think it's really touching back on the last trailer where Ray says, I see the light, I see the dark, and I see the balance. I think that's what Snoke is seeing as well in a way. The balance between these two characters, if they can somehow work together and bring the balance. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if you really look, at, I I looked at that scene over and over and it finally clicked. Like, if you look at it, she's still wearing her Force Awakens garb. In that part of the trailer, like she doesn't look like she's um, wearing any of her new clothing from the Force Awakens that we've seen thus far. It looks like she sh- when she asks for help. Yeah. So with Kylo reaching out to her, I think that's a clear misdirect. Like, I don't think it's the same scene. Like, it looks like she's on Act Two and whatever. When at night. Yeah, and like whatever... Or Ka- in a cave. So, yeah, in a cave or something more. And uh, Kylo it looks like all this kind of stuff's burning behind him. So I really don't think that that's part of the same scene. But it is still interesting to see Kylo extending a helping hand at one point. And I think it still could mean that same thing in the long run. Just that scene is not a scene in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not. It could. This could be... You know, it, it express for the trailer to to throw us off the trail. That would not shock me in the least. Oh my God! So let, let's let's back it up. So I, I threw out a hashtag on Twitter. Let's see what some of the powerful friends think about what we've just seen. Uh, I I think across the board, people are just kind of in love uh, with, with this with this trailer. Absolutely blown away. Uh so Tim checked in and he asked if you know are we as excited nervous ecstatic and this was before the trailer dropped and emphatic yeses across the board.
1: Yeah and I just want to say Tim good on you bro. I knew I've been listening to the show all the time every week and I know you were saying that you weren't going to tune in but I'm glad you turned to the dark side bro.
0: No no kidding. Uh Carlos Carlos chimed in with with a simple holy shit. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Tim again. Wow, this is going to be incredible. Uh, Bradley Hall. Sick. Better than expected. The look on Lu- the look on Luke's face. Priceless. Could Kylo do the unthinkable again? This trailer delivered. It absolutely did. And actually, Carlos had sent us an email. Uh, I'll, I'll blaze through that now. He says, hey, boys. So I watched the trailer live and recorded it on my PVR. I'm completely blown away. So many things to talk about. Luke is afraid of Ray's power. He seems shattered by it. He says... He didn't fear it when he saw that power once before, but he does now. Is he talking about Kylo? I think so. Corey, do you think so?
1: Mm, I'd say like 75% yes, and the other 25 is Snoke. Just...
0: Fair enough. Uh, the trailer tries to make that connection with the image of the Burning Academy. I'm not so sure. Is he talking about Palpatine, Snoke, Vader? Could be any of those. I, I believe it's it's Kylo Ren, and Ren represents Luke's blind spot that he just he just whiffed. He he, sh- he now recognizes something he should have picked up on, uh, but didn't. Um, continuing, uh, Carlo says, Ray wants to be trained so badly. She needs help. We're made to believe she's asking Luke, but she's seemingly face-to-face with Kylo. Yeah, we just talked about that. This I think that's really one that's going to grind. Well, not grind people's gears, but that's this is one that's going to have people's chins on the floor.
1: But that's a good—the the point I made about the her Force Awakens outfit, I think it's going to come into this.
0: Yeah, it looks like it could be her Jedi training gear. It's not its not her rags, anyway. Well,
1: I think it's, it's the her... stuff she showed up on with. Uh, yeah, I mean, you only really see her collar, right? Exactly. That's enough. Yeah, no, you could be right. I'm,
0: I'm not disagreeing with you. Um. So we hear Kylo say, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's the only way to become what you're meant to be. Is it in response to Rey? Uh, that's interesting. Oh yeah,
1: that could be really interesting. And what that if, could be the follow up line? What if he's actually even trying to help her in the sense that he he knows what it's like to have all this messed up lineage with his grandfather and whatnot, and his uncle, his father, his mom. It's also it's also screwed up. That's it. So what if she's finally finding out who her parents are, and it's messing her up? And he's telling like he's actually trying to help her to like clear her thoughts.
0: If anything, I think he he would be trying to taint her and saying, "Don't the the people that are behind you? They're they're going to do nothing but disappoint you and hurt you. Kill them." Well, in the maybe that that could be poisoning. That could be him poisoning
1: her against Luke. In the long run, I definitely see this trailer. Um, from for me, anyhow, it looks like they're pointing toward a Kylo redemption arc.
0: Oh, they could be. Yep, they absolutely could be. Still not sure if I want to see that. I, I admit that it's compelling storytelling, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I like not liking Kylo Ren. Like I don't want to have to root for him.
1: And how is this too, bro? Like honestly, when we get in that theater and we watch that scene where we're supposed to, I, I can't. In my opinion, I don't know if this is a misdirect where you see Kylo Ren flying through that hangar and just messing stuff up and he looks like he's zoomed in on the bridge of his mom's ship and she knows it and he's struggling uh, like I really think that could be a scene within the film it could be the scene where oh
0: she... yeah absolutely. I think that's definitely part of the film
1: so it could be the scene where she actually does get injured and not necessarily killed like we had always heard or it could be Kylo bailing be like I can't kill my mom
0: it, yeah it Absolutely, because sh- absolutely, it could be him bailing. He could absolutely pull the shoot and decide not to do it. Because doing that-, and that, that would be a big. That would be the turning point for Kylo. I would think.
1: Well, doing that on screen too is like uh, not on screen, but on the trail in the trailer is like we all know kind of what happened with Carrie Fisher and Leia moving forward. So,
0: well, c- consider that in that scene, in those shots where it looks like she's you know mentally connected to him and he's struggling, he's conflicted. She's wearing something different than what we see later in in the scene or in in the trailer, where, where it looks like the the doors, the blast doors of crate, are closing, and you see her with that super high collared uh,
1: gray robe that yeah, she wears. That was really so. Nice. It looks
0: like Leia's is going to appear at least in two different outfits in this movie, and you know, to, to me, it looks like the, the second time we see her in the trailer is deep in the movie, probably on crate. That's that's my take. So if she gets hurt, I don't think she's out for the entire
1: flick. It's like or maybe like Kylo kind of like bails at the last minute and but like ends up hurting her by accident kind of.
0: Well, you know, I... I Mama, no. I think you know, <laughs> it, he either goes through with it and hurts her but she recovers or he or somebody interrupts him. Like I can imagine uh, Poe flying in and, and and distracting Kylo just long enough to, to prevent him from firing on Leia.
1: Or Kylo distracting himself... Long enough, being so torn that Poe is able to.
0: Well, I th- I think that it, well yes, but I I think if Kylo doesn't do it, I think that's that's sort of the turning point, and it it kind of spoils what's left of Kylo's arc. I mean, we've got a whole movie to go. If he doesn't go follow through with killing Leia, to me that's that's the sign where I'll, okay, we know where this is going eventually. Um, whereas I think if if Poe kind of flies in to interrupt him from killing her. A, we get that sort of sense of, well, this is still up in the air. We don't know where he's at. Will, would he have done it? He had the same kind of feelings with Han, and he did it. Could he have followed through with his mom? But if we, if, if Poe shows up to distract him, then we, think about it. We might get an absolutely killer dogfight between between Kylo and Poe. And that that that's just too tantalizing to pass up, isn't
1: it? Indeed, even though it looks like, and we know Poe is awesome, but man, was Kylo wreaking some havoc there!
0: Oh, he looks like—I mean, he's this is the 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 son of Anakin or the grandson of Anakin, and this the, the son of Han Solo. This guy's got some piloting genes in him.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, the Chosen One juice skipped a generation too. There, <laughs> if the—you know what I mean? Like, if it's you know, Luke's just like, whoa! If he's really talking about Kylo. And not Snoke, and he's like, man, my nephew is just like way more powerful than me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that is part of this. The raw strength. I mean, it makes me... This all just makes me think Kylo. He's, he's just like top-notch everywhere. Which makes his fighting skills in The Force Awakens seem a little bit silly, but...
1: Or it could be... It's a different conversation for another time. It could be also like... How much Kylo's able to tap into something. Like if we... The way he turns to the dark side, kind of, you know, when he finds out about Vader and stuff like that, if, you know, that's why Luke's kind of just like, man, when he found that out, I saw some, <laughs> I saw some stuff you wouldn't believe.
0: <laughs> All right. um, let me, let me see if I can finish up with Carlos's email here. Okay, so where were we at? Okay, so Finn confronts and battles Phasma. It happens. I like that we got to see that. I am shocked a little bit that they showed us that, and I think that's going to be an absolutely sick battle.
1: That's going to be so cool to see. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't. I'm not at all shocked that they showed us. Like it's leading up to it, and yeah, just the visuals behind it. The visuals behind this entire trailer. Ugh. Oh, oh, this trailer is it's gorgeous.
0: There's so much going on. Start to finish. Every shot. V- My God.
1: Visually, musically, uh, narratively. It's like a trailer masterpiece.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, we'll see where where we place this trailer, and it's it's in the moment. It's difficult to do, but we'll we'll see.
1: Hey, man, uh, I'm high. Back off.
0: I'm high on this trailer, yo. <laughs> I need someone to show me my place in all this. Rey to Kylo, uh, I believe this is close to the end of the first act. She leaves with him, and he brings her to meet Snoke. Snoke says, "Fulfill your destiny." He seems in pain. Is he beaten, dying? Is it a final plea? The trailer opens on Snoke talking about seeing someone's power. On further review, I believe he's speaking to Ray. He tests her. All very plausible. All very, very plausible.
1: Well, I definitely and- know that when... Well, don't know, but... Whenever I believe that Ray and Snoke have their confrontation... I think she's going to be brave enough to confront him. Although I don't think she's going to be at all on the same page as him.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's think about that for a second. So go back to the scene where Luke is down and out saying, this is not going to go the way you think. What if that's all the part of the same scene where you know, Ray and Ray and Kylo have sort of not kill, obviously not mortally wounded Luke, but they've, they've kind of put him down and Kylo's saying, come with me and she's gonna go and Luke is trying to talk her off the ledge saying, don't go this is not gonna go the way you think and she goes anyway Ooh, I that like is a that. way that, that is a way to get Ray in
1: front of Snoke oh wow that's so cool to think of it like that like Kylo and Ray. like Kylo's like kind of come to his senses a bit after talking with mommy and realizing that Snoke's using him he comes back like he sees where Ray's at in her training they burn the tree together oh man that'd be pretty crazy.
0: Hmm. This, uh, what? Cause if, it's like, what's going on if, behind? If everybody's kind of flipping sides and, and playing with allegiances, what if, what if Ky-
1: Kylo was flying the Falcon in that shot? Yeah. Hey, true. I'm sure he knows it in and out too. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow, man. That I think that's too much. That is not a bridge too far.
1: No, 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 <laughs> Dude, this could be so cool because we know when Luke is on the ground there, and if it is these two putting him down, they're coming back from Akto together. Maybe even Leia went to go like send them there. Go get them. Come on. like Go get them. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. What? How, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. So many rabbit holes. This is insane. All right, There's- finally from Carlos.
0: Uh, a space battle. Yes! Kylo and his striker looks to be attacking Leia's ship, but hesitates to kill his past is he not taking his own advice or is this where leia meets her eventual demise uh yeah we've given our thoughts on that i i, I definitely firmly believe leia's not going to die here we I, i'm sure we see her again
1: i agree as so, well and i don't even
0: know if he does have it. fun and carlos says ps excitement level 10 uh ab so friggin lootly
1: hell yeah 11 sorry carlos Loophole. <laughs>
0: So there we go. There's a little bit of of feedback from the powerful friends. Thank you guys. That was unbelievable. So, uh, Corey, any any? I think we've we've touched on the main beats of the trailer. Any any smaller minutia that you want to bring up?
1: Not really. I mean, it's all kind of still a blur. You know what I mean? Like again, just the trailer itself, stunning visually, musically. It hooks you right away uh, with the cellos and the violin narratively amazing, uh, shocking, extremely shocking the way they set it up, uh, to have the conversation that we're having right now. We're so incredibly confused. We have, we have no idea who's talking to who because everything kind of makes sense. Like all these possibilities are like, yeah, like that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. I'm not leading one way or the other. So I'm really happy about not feeling spoiled or, uh, I don't know. They just did a great job with this trailer and I, I couldn't be more happy to live in these star Wars times with you and with all the community of uh, it's just, I don't know, man. These are the times.
0: Yeah, man. This is, these are heady times, heady, heady times. I'm just, yeah, so glad to have people to be going through this with you guys. And, and wow. Unbelievable. Can't wait to hash this out with everybody else. And I, and I feel bad. For, well, I don't feel bad for friends in the UK. Actually, you know, what? I feel kind of excited for them because they're going to get to wake up to this. Yeah, exactly. And freak
1: out all day. Like I have to, I have to try and go to bed after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to be up till the wee hours.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. So a, a couple things. The, those crystal fox.
1: Yep. On 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 a crate. It looks like they are on a crate, right? And it looks like they're yeah. coming to take shelter, almost from the oncoming. Uh strike yeah like, absolutely I,
0: I think the Porgs are going to have some competition in the end here
1: I love these uh, the kyber foxes man
0: imagine that's what they were oh my god oof um, the star Destroy- that big dreadnought star destroyer we we got a little glimpse of it in the, the space battle scene so I think we can pretty much call it it's going to be part of the evacuation of Dakar yeah it makes sense uh, nothing about lightsaber fights. No hint of it. No, no visual. No key. No, nothing. No nothing green about Luke. With, no, nothing with Luke and his lightsaber. No black licorice. I, <laughs> thank God for that. I'd boycott the movie if they brought black licorice in. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? Still no indication of Luke with a saber mix. I, I like it, right? Yeah, I do like it. I like it a lot. I like, yeah, keep keep that keep that from us.
1: I like it, especially like they built the hilt in on most of his toys. You know, he's got a hilt, uh, and
0: and of course, for all we've heard about Mark Hamill's performance in this movie, that it's a it's a big, busy, bold one. We don't see him leave Acto, so how long are they staying on Acto? And it makes me think that they're really, um, they're really keeping Luke's part in this a secret like i I think there's going to be a big hero moment for luke at the end still they they just haven't hinted at it at all
1: well i sure as hell hope so because from the way this trailer went and the past trailers went his attitude stinks (laughs) but no like i have empathy but honestly like he is really rigidly like seems very opposed to all this and is very reluctant which is not what he would have expected i'm sure it's not what we as fans would have expected and but we've been told to expect that
0: (laughs) yeah uh no canto bite nothing at all about canto bite you know for for a place that's supposed to be home to a big part of the movie nothing and i would i would have bet money that we would have seen a shot of finn and rose who we also didn't see at all um like on the back of one of the Falthiers. I kind and of racing around, being chased by canto bike cops or whoever. I I would have I would have bet money that we would have seen that just to get a sense of of the speed of the Falthiers. But nothing on that. Maybe we will in a TV in a TV spot, but nothing today.
1: It kind of keeps the middle act open, really. This trailer in that sense, and I I kind of like that. Like the the thing I most love about this trailer, like just kind of trying to process it as quickly as we can, but. It really just seems that uh, it's so force laden, so like, uh, like there's something about it that's like it's just do or die kind of. You know what I mean? Like it's the force now or success now or you know, like they really yeah. they really focused on the key elements. And again, it was really force heavy, family orientated. Uh, man, I, I'm so appreciative of that that they actually gave us that tidbit. No kidding. What Man, what did they do to us? What have they given (laughs) us to talk about? They broke us. Yeah. They broke us. It's true.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm glad we see a little bit more of the force back with Luke's hand popping out of the rubble. That was great. Um, But again, like no Rose, no Holdo, no DJ. So some notable omissions here.
1: And that's okay. Like I said, like it's like they seem to kind of stray away from that whole vibe and this this trailer was very force sensitive very force heavy as opposed to being like first order resistance orientated
0: absolutely um and then finally for me sort of the big moment at the end you know uh fulfill your destiny it, it seems to show Snoke un, unleashing some pretty strong force telepathy powers and I, I, you know, last week or the week before ads had asked us, um, in ads edition, what kind of new force powers do you think we'll see? And I, I, I think I said almost verbatim that I think we'll just see like force Snoke powers, um, like amped up, like getting into people's minds and just jacking that right up.
1: Well, actually, I, I, let me correct you here and let me say, I think it was me who said that and then you said that you thought that as well. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll check the tape. Either way, I don't even know if I'll call it that. But man, it looks like she's doing the hardcore like limbo there. Like it looks like she's the way Kylo froze that laser bolt in the air. It looks like she's frozen there like that, and her knees are just she's almost like a forty-five degree angle there, like bent at the knee. So she's always just obviously just being like frozen in place, you know.
0: Well, I wonder if. You know, she shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be able to stand in that position. So I wonder if she's become so powerful that even Snope can't take her down. And she's just, like, if that shot continues a little bit more, you're going to see Ray get a handle on that whole thing and she's going to stand up and uh, push back on him
1: like she did with Kylo. I like that. I like that as well. I could see it go either way. I could see it being her just frozen in place by his will, or I could see him trying to impose her will and like push her away or whatever into her destiny. Where she's just like said like no, like I'm defying gravity and I'm glued here.
0: Uh yeah, I mean all of the above, man. This I'm I'm burnt, man. Yeah. <laughs> we have so much show left in front of us. So dude, scrambled uh, eggs. What do, you, what, what do you say? We we wrap up talking about the trailer here. I think we've we've kind of covered the main points. I know we're gonna come back to this time and time again between now and, and December. Um, but where where do you rank this? I mean, I know right now we're just our head is spinning, so we're probably going to give a crazy answer. But where do you rank this really quickly, uh, you know, among Star Wars trailers?
1: I'm going to give it number 1, bro. Like this is your favorite Star Wars trailer. Yeah? Like I've, I mean, granted, again, it's off the cuff kind of answer, but just off the bat, uh, there were good ones for TFA. Uh, Rogue One, they had some pretty good ones, but you know, uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to say anything bad about them, but I don't know. This one just got me so in the feels. I liked it better than the other ones for this film, and yeah, I don't know, man. Like the prequels. I'd have to watch them again as as well, but I definitely don't remember. I don't know, man. It's hard to say, but for for right now, like this is pretty exactly what I was looking for, especially it went like really force heavy and all that stuff and just opening up JJ's mystery box, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for me this I think it's it's really think back to 99, man. Think back to when we first learned about uh, when the Phantom Menace trailer would be dropping and everybody rushed out to see to see Meet Joe Black. I mean, Star Wars fans put Meet Joe Black like on the map, the box office map, and then walked out. <laughs> and that trailer delivered. You can say what you want about the movie, but that trailer was was the bomb.
1: It's hard to remember yeah. that far back too, but definitely I'm sure my anticipation level was probably equal to at least… And
0: yeah, this. I mean, this is right up there. I mean, Phantom Menace, The Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. Like, those, the trailers have just been unbelievable.
1: I think just unbelievable. Force Awakens, because of that time lapse and where we were going and it being coming up again. Same thing with The Force Awakens.
0: Well, yeah, the, those two movies both had the advantage of years and years of build-up. This is two years after. One year after, if you want to throw Rogue One into the mix and... It just felt like the wait for this trailer was torture, and I know that they didn't wait any longer to deliver it uh, compared to Rogue One or The Force Awakens, but it just felt like forever. Like it was really it
1: was it was tough waiting this time around. I gotcha. I'm I'm kind of good like that, but I uh, definitely thought about it in the past uh, past day, two days, and especially today, knowing that it was dropping like. It's, I don't know, it's a very, like, very anxious, very excited, it's amazing.
0: It's incredible. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear what everybody else thinks. So, uh, are, are we done? Can we say we're done? Did we did we do enough on, on the trailer?
1: Yeah, I'm done with you, bro.
0: All right. Corey, let's take a well-earned break here. Yes. I'm... I'm I need to go like, walk this off. I'm, I'm still kind of gobsmacked over this trailer. I might, maybe I'll watch it a couple more times during our break, and then uh, we'll come back and unwind with the Binary Sunset.
1: I don't want to talk about the trailer anymore. Let's put it to bed till next week, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Okay, we're going to take, take a quick break. Corey and I, we're going to uh, watch the trailer probably another dozen times, come back and tackle the Binary Sunset, kicking it off. With ads.
3: Hello chaps. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, out there listening. So two questions this week. The first one. Nice and straightforward. You are attending a Star Wars. Fancy dress party. Who do you go as. And why. And who do you think. Your brother should go as. Okay. Second one. More controversial, concerning the age-old debate about how our dear Leia, Carrie Fisher, uh, should be handled in the next two films. Now, if we assume that they are telling the truth and that eight is already in the can and will not be will not be changed, imagine this scenario: in number nine, Leia's ship comes under fire. Uh, sustaining heavy damages, which allows it to be then boarded by the First Order. Leia is captured and taken prisoner by Snoke or Kylo or Hux, perhaps, and either we see her being taken away, or if that's not possible, then we are led to believe that she has been captured. It's implied in the story. The film then continues to its uh, conclusion, whatever that may be, and Leia's outcome is yet unconfirmed. The closing scene, then, ends on a cliffhanger. Snoke is alive and well. We see him sat in his pristine throne room, surrounded by all of his trophies and splendour. And then the camera pans around and on the wall as a decoration in carbonite. Is Leia music credits? So, a dark end to the trilogy with maybe then 10, 11, and 12 to conclude the story in time. Now, that either buys more time to decide how best to deal with Leia, or and I think that would probably be better, leave it, leave it there for Leia. Um, do we have to honor Leia with a happy ending? as an alternative to a brave death or an enforced exile. It also warrants consideration as to how uh, the likes of Kylo or Luke would react or would view this. Would they even know about it? You could say perhaps Kylo has arranged it himself as a further connection to uh, him wanting to be Vader, Uh, maybe even a gift to Snoke. However, and again, this is what I would rather... Perhaps it's just a nod to the viewer alone and no one else actually knows that Leia is there in Carbonite as a trophy of Snokes. So, controversial, but as always, I would love to hear your thoughts. Happy Thanksgiving again, dudes, and I shall speak to you again next week. Take care. Bye.
0: There he goes, the dulcet tones of the... Inimitable First Night of the Commonwealth. It's ads. Ads. Ooh. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, thank you, sir. Thank you for the well wishes on our Thanksgiving. Much appreciated. And your question is much appreciated as always. Yeah. We give so we Corey give thanks. We give thanks. All right, Corey. So
1: you're going to the big gala in the galaxy far, far away. Who are you going as? It's kind of funny. Uh, I started taking a look at the show notes last night. I'd been doing a little drinking. Um... So yeah, my, my answer was kind of a little skewed at the end. My final answer, but that's a good one. So we'll save that to the end. But uh, I took it in a few different ways. Uh, I think the obvious answer here is Lando. How can you not want to go as Lando? I mean, we've already here casted him as a movie star, uh, a radio personality, president of the United States. But in reality, <laughs> he, he's an entrepreneur. He's cultured. He's a spy. He's a soldier. He's a general. He's a scoundrel. He's pretty much all in all that like perfect for that role. You know, it should be it should be Count Lando. That Count Calrissian. That ooh, that makes a lot of sense. That has a sweet ring to it, Count Calrissian.
0: And it's yeah, it's tough to it's tough to beat Lando. It's tough to beat Lando. Uh, I I took a very specific spin to the question, uh, and I'm I'm going as Luke only because I want to wear his space tux. And if if you're not following the comics, you have no idea what I'm talking about. In the Screaming Citadel crossover, he goes to a party, a dinner, a gala with Dr. Afra, who looked stunning in her own right, but the tux that Luke is wearing is amazing. <laughs> I would kill to have one. It's picture a mashup of a James Bond fitted tux meets Luke's costume from return of the jedi with a generous helping of seinfeld puffy shirt mash all that together there's luke's tux i want that i i can't imagine going to a party dressed as anything different yeah he's so good you'd definitely be a part of the matrix <laughs> it's, it's such a good tux and they devoted such a big panel on the page to it too i was like wow look at luke he looks <laughs> amazing the tux is awesome.
1: Yeah, we should call oh that Who would be a designer in the uh, in the Star Wars universe? But uh, okay, I took it. I took it in a different way because there's actually an episode. I I didn't do the research and look for it, but Firefly, uh, Han and Mal, Malcolm Reynolds is they're the same character really. So you take Hall, uh, Han to a ball. He's got no etiquette, no manner. Uh, so you're in for some adventure and bound for some trouble, kind of. <laughs> in a way it's it's going to be one of those wild nights.
0: No kidding. That's that's I think that's a foregone conclusion. You got to bring your uh your brass knuckles that night for sure. Yeah. So Ads also asked, who would you who would your brother go as? So I I I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take a stab in the dark here. Um I think you might go as you see, definitely in that scoundrel vein, but I'm I'll, I could send you as Hondo you might you might class it up a little bit as far as dress goes, hmm. But uh, Lando seems like a pretty good spot for you. I don't know. Well, I, I'll I'll think about it some more. Who
1: who are you sending me as? Well, it depends. Like I still got one more answer for myself. It's it's that's my that's my big one. That's who I'm really choosing. But I kind of thought about it, and I'm gonna go as Han with you in my scenario with uh, the no etiquette scenario and the adventure, and we're bound for trouble. And in that regard you're going as chewy. <laughs> you're just going to be the guy that minus 2 feet in height. Well, whatever, you're going to have all the strength. Oh, okay. Yeah, deal. You, you have all the strength you can uh rip the arms off uh whatever. You, you could do it. And uh you know that way I can run my mouth off too much uh, two times more. You just you just got my back. <laughs> Uh well uh, I'm not
0: gonna argue with that Chewie is my guy uh who could I, I, it's too easy to send you as Poe Hondo Poe Lando everything lands ends with O with you <laughs> wow let's say I'm gonna send you as Maydean with
1: a fake beard oh jeez, dude. <laughs> You know, I thought about that for you, and I was like, no. I was like, that's just a horrible answer. <laughs> I'm going to scratch it out right now. <laughs> How about uh, I'll send you as, as Krennic with that, with that lovely cape? I definitely like where you're going with the cape, but, you know, Krennic's so, like, anal retentive. like He's never had a day of fun in his whole life. Yeah, exactly. So I'll tell you who, I'll tell you who I'm going with my final answer. My final answer who I'm really going to go is cuz like I said I was doing a little drinking last night when I answered the questions from the listener portion anyhow cuz that was fun that's a little fun but uh for some reason I I started thinking like masquerade ball you know like I got all eyes wide shut <laughs> and uh anyway I'm going to be Obi-Wan and you know I'm going to bring the sass I'm bringing the sass with the Obi-Wan for a party like that it's all about the sass he can carry himself like, well. You're, you're, you're going to be wearing the whole Jedi robe thing to a party? No, man. Luke, look at Luke. He can, he can dress up in a tux if he wants every now and again, no? Oh, I guess so. It's just that I've seen Luke in a tux now. It's not it's not all robes all the time, hopefully. But even at that, I'm still killing it. I got my masquerade mask on and stuff. It's on. And in that scenario, I'm taking you with me as Hot Callus. Wingman. Yeah, wingman. Ooh. Yeah, damn. Um, Hawk Callus is a good pick too. Mm. He's definitely smooth with the ladies, no doubt.
0: Yeah, sticking with rebels, I mean, I, I I could send you as Ezra. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, and and I'll throw in Chopper for good measure. Hmm. Well, that would definitely be pretty fun, anyhow. All right, so ads puts the boots to us with question two, and I, you know we've we've spoken about Leia and Carrie Fisher and how to treat her with regards to closing up her her story arc so let's let's have at it again since we've been asked um i I do like this question because you never know how your mind may change over time um did, did you find there was sort of like an underrated sense of drama to Ads reading here? i thought I thought there was there was very dramatic reading. There's a nice dramatic pacing to the way he read that. That it was lovely. He must see. Ads, do you do that with your kids? Like, do you put little, do you, do you act out the stories when you read bedtime stories to your kids? I think you already asked him this. And I, I think I? the response
1: was that, yes, he does a mean high grid. And if I'm mistaken, I don't think I'm mistaken either. And that you, Kyle, you should start reading Harry Potter. Boom. That's not going to happen. I can't read Star Wars. I can't read it- enough Star Wars to keep up. I'm not going to get to Harry Potter. Do it for not your children,
0: Chapter at a time. They want to to read Star Wars.
1: You've 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 fully (laughs) brainwashed them, haven't you?
0: I just put it on the table, man. If they scoop it up, it's that's them. (laughs) You put the toothpicks in their eyes. Sit down. They watch this. They they choose wisely. Hey, man, Showcase had a Star Wars marathon running all Thanksgiving weekend. What do you think we watched? It was amazing. It was just one movie after another. Hey,
1: I I got. I'm on the same page with you. It was it was kind of crazy i watched i held off on uh the original trilogy but last night i caught i caught most of the phantom menace and all of attack of the clones i'm sorry hey my my sympathies no you know what i have to say (laughs) i honestly have to say it's the best viewing i have ever had of attack of the clones honestly it's the time where i've seen it and i've said You know what, it is, like, I've been able to swallow it so much easier, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. I get you. Like, I actually... You have to to take off the cynical blinders. I really did, man, and, like, I don't know when the last time I saw this film was. It must have been, like, I mean, a couple... uh, years, man. Like, I'm saying, like, maybe, oh, man, five years? Six years? Probably even more. Like, I just, I don't know, I shut it out, and... Anyhow, I really enjoyed it. Even the the scenes between Anakin and Padme didn't rub me as badly as I thought they might have. I was like, okay, hey, it's coming. Here comes the apple." And I'm like, "Hey, you know what? Oh, oh no! Come on, that that it's bad. It's so bad. It's so bad." But like, <laughs> I don't know. I, it didn't bother me as much as it did in the
0: past. Yeah, that scene the, the scene in the in the the fireplace room. Oof. It's there's some oh man anyway no I get your point overall we watched Attack of the Clones this weekend as well and ah whatever it's it's again it's my least favorite but that's not saying I hate it there, but there's just some things about it that wow do not hold up very well including many of the effects let's go all right back on Leia so does Leia's story have to wrap up in nine Corey
1: personally I would think so. Not from a certain point of view, no. But a lot of people aren't on that page. But for me, like I'm kind of hoping that 9 has somewhat of a conclusion. I know it's JJ in the mystery box, so we're probably going to get some ambiguity. Uh, who knows if we're going to go and get 10, 11, 12, or maybe even just 10. Who knows? But uh, I don't think they're going to prolong her story. I'd like to see a bit of a happy ending in this one anyhow. I'd like to see the good guys come up come out on top. To end a trilogy on a sad note would kinda be sad. (laughs) And yeah. In a way with the character, you kinda I think at this point it's they gotta deal with it kinda like a band-aid. Like we know we're not moving forward with this character in the long run. So to keep it in her in isolation with the expected outcome of having something with the character in the future if we leave that ambiguity, uh Sadly, like it's been forced upon them, and I think now is the time the absolute appropriate time to deal with it. Uh, in regards to ambiguity, like I think a lot of people are kind of not on this page, but I think Leia and we as fans, the, the wink and nod to the fans, like you had mentioned, I think that could be in a sense more from a force standpoint. We know she's not a Jedi, but come on, it's Leia, not only it's Leia, it's Carrie Fisher. If anyone can become a forced ghost or whatever it is in the afterlife, it's her. Like, she's stubborn enough. She's smart enough. I'm going to
0: continue to disagree on that one until the day I die.
1: That's fine. I mean, that's just the way I see it. I I definitely want to know that Leia's, whatever happens to her character, that she's in a better place. Like, I don't want to see her kind of, you know, like, we don't know what happened. Okay, she went with the bad guy. Well, we don't know what's going to happen. And at that point, it's kind of like they're prolonging the inevitable. I hear you. As far as the Force, again, the Force Ghost
0: thing, that's one thing I haven't moved on. I know they're going to want to make us feel good about Leia's, <clears throat> excuse me, Leia's ultimate fate. But that's just a, such an easy, obvious place to go. The Force Ghost thing. It, and it really contravenes everything they've told us about Leia and about force ghosting. It just, it's not something you can just do it. Unless they somehow swing it that, uh, Anakin did it for her somehow. Then you have, then you have to explain that they they're
1: not they're not going to have time for that. This isn't Anakin's story really. Okay. So let's it's not, let's not necessarily say that she's a force ghost per se, but she's a part of the force and fandom is able to say like, Oh my God, that's a nod to Leia. Without having well, to be like an actual apparition.
0: No, you know, I could see, I could see, um, you know, after her death and at the end of the movie, because I think that now, again, more than ever, that Luke is going to survive this trilogy. I don't think they're going to kill both Skywalkers and Nine. I think that's too dark. I think that's too heavy for too many fans to swallow, no matter how bright and happy they make it for Poe and Rey and Finn and everybody else. I think it's too much to kill both skywalkers. So if Luke lives, I'm hoping at this point that he kind of does. Um and we we know Leia's probably going to die. I can see a scene with, you know, Rey and Luke at the end or somebody with Luke and they're kind of expressing condolences, regret, um you know, I can't believe she's gone kind of thing, and Luke says, um she's not gone. I can I can I can feel her. She's here with us right now. That's kind of cool, yeah. And that echoes, that would echo um, Leia saying that about Luke in in re- at the end of Return of the Jedi, where you know she when Han says I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when he, when it blew, yeah, and she says uh, he wasn't. I can feel it. So I would think that you know it would be, it would be nice to echo that, mirror that, but in the inverse where Luke says no, I can I can still feel my sister. She's not gone, but she's not a Force ghost e- either because that's I still think that's a cheap and lazy way
1: to to fabricate feels within us. When you don't, you don't have to do that. There's other ways. No, but I, yes, I, I know I, what you mean, mean about the force ghost. I, I kind of still want to see it a bit, but there's, there's other ways where you say like, you know, if she, if they would have established that she had a, an attachment to an animal or something like that, that you could see that animal afterward and kind of associate it with her, but they could do it in the way of like, I don't know, like say it's a happy ending for everybody pan out and you see like a, not a reflection of her per se, but her silhouette on the water, like that's being portrayed by the moon. It's like as an illusion or something, you know. Yeah, I can see them doing something to that effect without
0: saying, "Well, look, she she managed to do it because reasons. She's a Force ghost." But yeah, I, I think Leia's story has to wrap up in this trilogy. Just you know, to answer Ad's question bluntly, I don't think they can string this out. In hopes with coming up with a better solution years from now when we're not so so hot and bothered about her not be, uh, Carrie not being here. Um But I, I don't know if it necessarily has to be a happy ending, but it does have to be uh, a dignified, meaningful, and and sort of respectful end to the character and and for Carrie.
3: Yeah,
0: I was gonna say meaningful in the long run. Yeah, and and, and Mark Hamill, I think he kind of echoed that. Uh, this past weekend at New York Comic Con, I think he, he said, um, "You're really going to love her in the Last Jedi." Uh, I know they're they're going to try and find a way to close her story in Episode Nine, that gives her the respect she deserves because Han Solo was more prominent in Seven, and Luke's a little more prominent in Eight, and certainly Leia was meant to be more prominent in Nine. So I think I don't know what he knows about Nine, if anything, but he's echoing what we all kind of know or feel. That they're going to try and close this out for her, in a way that that pays respect to the to Carrie and to Leia. So I, I don't I don't think she's going to just go out like flame out, and we're not. It's not going to mean anything. It's going to be a very poignant and uh, like meaningful death. I think.
1: Well, I still have to think that uh, you know, like you just mentioned, Kathleen Kennedy had said the exact same thing in the sense that you know uh, seven was, I guess, Ray's movie and Han's movie. Eight was Luke's. And nine was to be Leia's. <clears throat> so that being this, the case, we've also heard that, you know, Leia was supposed, is supposed to be injured in this film and kind of sat on the sidelines a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that.
0: Yeah, maybe that, maybe that was an old abandoned thing. We don't even know if that's going to happen. So I, we, we kind of seen or heard rumors of Leia's presence throughout the film. So I don't, unless there's a big time jump in the movie, like we kind of assume she's going to be at the beginning. Maybe she gets injured during the, the, the evacuation
1: of the the car. car. Exactly. That's kind of the way I saw it in a way. And then she kind of wakes up at the end and, but it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, (laughs) that's it, right? I I mean, the only, the logically where it makes sense for her to get injured is the on the, crate well the evacuation of dakar that's where it makes sense well now, but now circumstances they, they, kind of yeah say but that now it, if they yeah but the again unchanged right if they were gonna if they were gonna rejig things then you make that injury happen at the end on crate as we suspect crate is the final setting of the movie then yeah she carries over into nine and she's in a comatose state or who knows but i, I don't think it's going to be that way
3: I think I think, I think they they're saying, very.
0: Right? She's, that Ryan Johnson has said that she gives a full, full performance in eight, which to me means she's like pretty
1: well featured across the rumored two and a half hours. I don't know to to quote Costanza. Uh, it's not a lie if you believe it. I honestly <laughs> think that you know they have. There's a possibility that the footage that they have they've played with and work with and changed the story a bit, even though they had, they said they haven't, it's a play on words. Uh, it's going to be interesting again, to- just to see how they deal with it. I don't know. I, I think the injury makes more sense toward the el- end of the film, having it at the beginning kind of takes her out of the better part of the movie. And then she's not really going to have a chance to be in part, not na- uh, episode nine.
0: So I don't know. Yeah. Not a lot makes sense right now. I, I will give you that. Not a lot makes sense. But the- again, the whole thing where eight is unchanged and we don't know what what is contained within the last jedi so it's impossible for us to say but whatever they put that put down on paper when they wrote the script is what they carried out i i would think so whether leia's hurt at the beginning or the end or the middle no idea but we've heard them say especially ryan johnson that leia has given a full uh, a full rounded performance that we're going to love Seems to be that that indicates to me that she's 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 got a pretty heavy role. No, I agree.
1: Anyway, that's gonna be so emotional.
0: <laughs> oh, her theme is gonna be all over this movie, I would think. Oh, and it's gonna it's it's gonna just pull at our heartstrings every time it it swells in the score, and it's ah,
1: it's well, gonna I, be rough, man. As soon as we see her on screen, where it's gonna be all hands on deck, you know. Yeah. I mean we we felt that way during the trailer. Yep
0: <laughs> There she is last time. Oh God. okay, so what about Ad's suggestion of so he gave us a sort of an amb- ambiguous amb- ambiguous ending for Leia. Now what the visual of Leia in carbonite in Snoke's chamber as episode nine comes to a close? How does that rub you?
1: It is something I've never considered before. And it's kind of a horrifying, traumatizing image. Uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't know what goes on in your head. I don't know you anymore, Ads. No, I'm joking. It's it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like, wow. Just thinking about it, it, that would be the ultimate tug at all strings. And if JJ is playing the mystery box thing and they're continuing the saga and they're leaving this saga on you know, the cliffhanger ending. Uh, you know, I kind of, again, want to see it all wrapped up, but if they were to leave it on the cliffhanger, that would kind of be the way to do it. But again, you're you're kind of writing yourself into a corner with what you're going to do with her, kind of.
0: Well, you know, it's, it is a tantalizing thing. And if, if Carrie was still here and you made that suggestion, oh, okay, fine. She's, you know, we have, we're, we're going to get more Carrie Fisher, more Princess Leia. Great. But now that she's gone, holy smokes, to end the movie like that, for one, it's, it would be like a jaw-dropping, holy shit moment. Like, you would not believe what you had just seen. You would not, you'd be absolutely blown away in a good or bad way. I don't know. I guess your mileage may vary. But you would be completely dumbfounded by what you've just seen. And once the dust settles, what are people going to say? I think, I think in some cases, people would be like, amazing. This is going to be great. We're getting more. And in other cases, some people will be absolutely outraged that this is how they would treat Leia's uh, final final story or Carrie Fisher's final round as Leia. V- that would be controversial, no question about that. Very Holy smokes to see, to see her just like slapped up on a wall like that. That would be so controversial. Uh, t- enough to say that I I'm pretty confident that they would not do that. Um, but I. It, <laughs> and it's also so cold Adds, that is so twisted man it's it's, it's it's definitely a cool visual it's striking it is it's, and it's, you said it's traumatizing it would be traumatizing to see leia in that state that's Boy, a total man, oh man suck the suck the air right out of your lungs it'd be a gut punch cuz who knows when we get episode 10 if we get it i mean i i'm sure we will but it could be years before they they you know we, we see that revisited. So anyway, but it it it, it does kind of seem to fit with the narrative, right? Kylo seems to have an axe to grind against his parents, and he wants to really please Snoke, and Snoke loves decadence, and well, from the sounds of it, anyway, and it sounds like maybe he likes trophies and having having Kylo deliver Leia to Snoke kind of lines up a little bit.
1: Like it would, this could have been it would
0: line up a great up with the, alternate storyline. Like in another universe, maybe this is how The Last Jedi plays out. With the
1: ultimate end goal to save her. <laughs> or end goal. Well, yeah, saving then her. episode
0: nine would become like a mission to save Leia or something like that. But yeah, that's whew, Man. I, I'm I'm fairly confident in saying that's not how nine's gonna end. I'm pretty sure they're gonna wrap it all up for her in a in a
1: no respectful way. I would definitely but put that. Everything. Would be a shocker. I, oh my goodness! I, I would put everything I own on the line, including every Star Wars toy. If that's not the case for Episode Nine, yeah, I would put my X-wing Luke on the line for that. You want to make a bet? I'll put I'll put X-wing Luke if you want to take that bet. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be so haphazard with that because, come on, bro, we all know you're going to succumb at one point. I don't know about that. Dig deep. Anyway, some, dig the... <laughs> search your feelings. I'm dead inside.
0: Anyway, uh, like I said, my, my final thoughts on this, I'll just echo what I said before. I, I think Carrie's death, unfortunately, s- screwed everything up for them and possibly even uh, Trevorrow's participation in, in the whole project. Like I, I, I think Luke was going to die in episode nine and Leia was going to live beyond nine as the elder stateswoman of not only the resistance but of the galaxy i think she would have restored her name remember she lost all of her credibility as a politician in bloodline right nobody took her seriously uh the the whole thing with the first order people laughed it all off but by toppling the first order the same people that destroyed hosnian prime um yeah her reputation would have been restored she would have been back there as as the galaxy's most respected and revered politician I think that's that could have been part of episode 10 11 12 but that's certainly not going to happen now unless uh JJ pulls some serious rank at Lucasfilm and manages to bring Leia back as as, as a in a recast that's that's kind of what I think I I like I said I don't, I don't think Luke dies at this point
1: yeah, it makes kind of yeah it makes sense.
0: All right, ads. There you go, sir. Hope we answered answered your questions. I I love talking about Leia. There's so many so many layers to it, and in, yeah, it, it's it's a good way to get passions inflamed. I love it. And uh, now we move on to Bradley. Bradley's got a, a couple of questions for us this week, so let's uh, let's have at it. So, hey Kyle and Corey, hope your week has gone well. As I write this, we are just three days away. From the Last Jedi trailer, and my Star Wars excitement meter is starting to ramp up. Starting to ramp up? Bradley, we're not doing our job if if it's just starting. Almost there. My questions this week are somewhat short but sweet. Right after seeing The Force Awakens, who did you think Rey was? Did you think she was a Skywalker, Kenobi, Solo, or belonged to another family that we haven't heard of yet? Walking out of the theater after seeing it for the first time, I was convinced that she was a Skywalker no doubt she was a skywalker since that time i've gone back and forth on all of the above over the past year i've mainly thought of her as a kenobi or a solo but as we draw closer to the last jedi i'm starting to come around on her being a skywalker again i don't know why i don't know why i'm starting to feel this way because i haven't been listening to any podcast that would be persuading me one way or the other am i the only one that is feeling this way at the moment powerful friends i need your love and support through these uncertain times Kyle and Corey, have your thoughts wavered at all? If so, where do you stand on this matter and who do you think she is now? Well, that's it for this week, guys. Have a great show and a wonderful weekend. Oh, more questions. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> football. <laughs> Take care, my friends, and may the force be with you. Cheers, Bradley. Um, all right, Corey. Let's talk more about Ray. What let's let's go back a couple years. What did you think,
1: or who did you think Ray was? Well, first of all, I just want to touch back on saying that I'm on the same page as Bradley in the sense that I feel like we're in a whole different uh, time period of excitement now. Like, the the floodgates have been open at this point. My anticipation level, my energy level kind of just feels like, even though it was big before, it's been amped up in a big way. And to to anyone listening right now, like I just want to say, everyone, man, just relish in these times, man. This is the empire of the twenty first century. Um, I I'd put money on it, man, that we're all, you know, we're all gonna be like, what the hell just happened there? So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm feeling it in a big, big way, and it definitely feels different now. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's so
0: we're kind of entering that final countdown. We've got the trailer, we've got everything we need now. It's just now it's all about chipping away these final sixty something days until we get to sit in that theater and watch watch the absolute craziness unfold. Okay, but okay, right. so touching back on Ray, uh, yeah, crew- at, walking out of the out of the theater. Well, pre- Do you remember who you thought she was before seeing The Force Awakens?
1: Well, yeah, that's it. Previewing, I was convinced she was either a Solo Organa or a Skywalker. Never a Kenobi. That never even crossed my mind till well into doing this show. I was pretty blind to spoilers. Like, I had watched the trailers and whatnot and read a few things here and there. Kyle and I had discussed things. Kyle more or less kept me in the loop about a lot of stuff. Uh but beforehand yeah I thought for sure she was a Skywalker for the most part. Uh after viewing I definitely excluded solo solo organo uh organa option right right away like I was just gone for me the way the movie played out.
0: Yep, me too. Um yeah, for like before the Force Awakens I thought I I was under the impression that it was probably going to be Luke's daughter. And I left the theater convinced, absolutely convinced like Bradley, like so many others. Yeah, of course, of course, why wouldn't she be a Skywalker? Why else would that saber call to her? That's the Skywalker family lightsaber. She has to be, she's gone to meet her dad. Um, You know, but then as we spoke more and more about it in the, the weeks that followed doing this podcast, I thought, you know, I don't think it's possible. I don't think she can be a Skywalker. And of course that was assisted by uh, other opinions on out in fandom. But the thing that kept coming back to me is that unless he told her, Luke tells Rey right away in episode eight that, Hey, I'm your dad. Nice to meet you. Like it it doesn't make sense because he'd be repeating the same glaring omission that he was so upset with Obi-Wan and Yoda for. He, he was so angry with them for not being upfront about who who Vader really was.
1: And y- he was you gonna... you kind of mean the the same glaring omission that Leia failed to make with Ben. I mean Kylo, uh, Scarface. <laughs> it's it keeps repeat. They keep making mistakes, right? I, I I I banged on that a long time ago. I remember going back and forth with Talk Star Wars. I sent them a question on this way way like probably about a year before uh, Leia's or Carrie Fisher's passing. About, I kind of went on a, uh, I got on my soapbox and I was really upset about the fact that they never let Kylo Ren know. Like, knowing how it made them feel as young adults. Like, what did they care about more? Their political, like, position in the galaxy? Or, you know, they should have just, like, a band-aid again. And, you know, this is the way it is. This is who we are. We're not him. Point. Like, move on. But, no, they, they, uh self-inflicted wounds
0: well yeah Le- leia had always intended to tell him right
1: always intended
0: she, <laughs> I, I don't know again you get, well, who's going to question leia's integrity right she want, like i think if she, leia says i always meant to tell him her reasons for not telling him are probably good ones now i don't think she's pulling an obi-wan certain point of view ptsd
1: type thing uh, uh I, th- I don't i don't know man like at that age before sending him to Luke, that should have been done.
0: Maybe, like, yeah, maybe, maybe we're gonna learn about Kylo that he's been an emotional tempest his entire life, and telling telling him at any age, especially you know as as a hormonal, irrational teenager, would have been just like the worst thing to tell him.
1: Yeah, that's why it's gotta be done. Kind of <clears throat> even at a younger age than that. So maybe, you know, Leia sends him to Luke so that he can
0: get his dark tendencies and his bad temper under control and then tell him. No, it's but more that like... rug was pulled out from under her feet. Luke. Kylo's just
1: like,
3: I hate you. I'm going to live with Uncle Luke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I was convinced Rey was, was a Skywalker for, for quite a while. I don't think I ever really seriously considered her being a solo. I don't know that I ever really considered. I'd have to go back and listen to our early episodes, which well, I really don't want to do. Nathan had
1: brought some interesting points last week in the sense that a lot of the stuff that had been filmed, it looked like that's where they were originally going and it had been reconstructed in a way. The way Han looks at her, uh, their relationship. But
0: yeah, I, I, it's, it's certainly possible, but in, certainly in the, version that we got there's no way no 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 no, no. wisely i think because i'd be i'd feel betrayed a little bit if i learned that that you know han i could see he's a bit of a dirtbag at times but leia abandoning her child is just not something i could
1: i could get my head around Especially, especially especially like the way circumstances are right now uh you it would just take away like you get just said like it would take away from leia so much I think so, unless unless Rey was taken
0: away from Leia. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Let, let's not go back down that rabbit hole. Um, so I, as we get closer to the Last Jedi, I'm 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 not really back on the she's a Skywalker train. I I think that that train has sort of left the station for me. I don't think I'm going back there. Um, I do think Luke knows who her parents are. If that's any consolation, I would put a lot of money on Luke. Knowing who where who she is and where she comes from, and actually, you know what? I, th- I think we're going to f- take our first step down that path, um, starting next month in Star Wars issue thirty-eight when Luke goes to Jeddah. I think that's the first little teeny tiny step down the, the path to uh, this point in time journey. To, I guess. I guess, um, where are you at now, Corey? Is, is Ray just Still a a somebody
1: else, a, a part of her own family. Ray is Ray. Uh, I'm kind of still extremely confused. <laughs> One thing I'm going to say is that Kathleen Kennedy can be quoted as saying something along along the lines of, "Her parentage is kind of a big deal, and it's going to be explained within the Last Jedi." And Brian Johnson said something along the lines of, "Whoever it is." It doesn't affect who she is. Uh, like she's just. Ray of Jakku at this point. She is who she is. Regardless of who her parentage is. That being the case. To me it means that. Her parentage. Or lineage is a recognizable one. Because they're kind of like. Building it up and taking it down. At the same time you know what I mean. Like okay it's it's recognizable. But don't look too far into it. So. There's kind of that aspect to it, to me. So I do think that it possibly still can be someone that we're familiar with in this Um, trilogy. But I'm...
0: Star Wars fans don't do anything halfway. Like, if if we know the the names of the people, if we ever find out the names of the mother-father we're going to go crazy
1: that we don't do things at half speed. Well, that's why it makes me think that it's more someone closer related to our fandom, like someone that we're very near and dear to. Well,
0: that's what I mean. If we find out it insert name here, I don't know who you're referring to. If, if anyone specific, but we're, we're going to just go crazy and we're going to think it's the most amazing thing ever. And then wonder why it's not a bigger deal. We're going to go, Oh, it sells that character short that Ray is blah, blah, blah. I think that's possibly what how we would we would react. So my, the way I think about it is, so I think Ryan Johnson said that who her parents are is interesting but not important. So I tend to think that like whoever her parents are, like we may not recognize them by name, but we'll recognize a, the group that they're with or from. Okay. And in that case, like let's just say they're members of the Church of the Force. We go oh cool well, great that makes a lot of sense but not interesting because we can't we we don't know about these two people the mother father so you kind of you, you don't get that opportunity to read too much into it because we always read too much into things i don't think they're going to give us that opportunity
1: we'll see i don't know uh the only thing that i'm thinking like i'm on my two options right now are what you just said is that they're uh, these people that are part of the, the Church of the Force. And kind of like nobodies, but we recognize what they're representing and who they are and the importance of who she is to be. Like, they know how important she is, so they kind <clears> of, <throat> for some reason, have to send her to Jakku. My other option that I'm still kind of leaning toward is that she is indeed a Skywalker, but not necessarily of the descent of Luke. Uh, she doesn't necessarily... Ooh. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, we read that article back in the day. It's still way embedded in my brain. Bradley, I might have heard us talk about it. Uh, the boys from Brazil. There was this article that was put out about a year ago, two years ago, about that. And I don't want to say clone of Anakin, but I don't know. Um, essence of... Like, let's just say maybe all chosen ones or something may be made of the same stuff. I don't know. I, I just, I could see see her still being a, uh.
0: what do you call it? From a genetic standpoint, she's still a Skywalker because she comes
1: from Anakin, ergo, she's related to Luke. Yeah. Well, there's that. So she is related to Luke for sure in that regard. Like, I'm kind of your grandfather in a way. <laughs> But not only that, but just, let's just say that she, she's so powerful. Like, I I don't want, I really would hate it if they went down this path again, like with the no parents deal. Oh, that she was just sort of born from the force? Yeah, like a virgin's. Ugh, no, 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 please. No. <laughs> I don't think they're going there. Trust me. But uh, I don't know. I still think it's closely related to what we're. One of the characters, but I'm so torn as well. Like I could see it being a nobody and then we just know who they, what they're representing.
0: I mean, maybe I, I I don't know if I triggered my own thought process here, but I could see her being uh, the daughter of two members of the Church of the Force, which is why Lor Santeca sort of seems to be positioned in a place to maybe watch out for her.
1: Well, it makes sense. We've always said that Lor Santeca, I don't think it's a coincidence he's on Jakku as well. None of this can be a coincidence. The Falcon's there, Lor Santec is there,
0: Ray is there. Come on, it, it can't be right.
1: It's the wills,
0: yeah. Well, and the Guardians of the Wills, maybe they play somehow a role into this. Who knows? But if I, you know, if I let, let's say I'll, I'll pie chart it, I'm gonna put it at two percent, she's Luke's daughter, zero percent, she's Han's daughter. I will go 3% Kenobi's granddaughter and then 95% she's somebody else. That's where my head's at right now. I like I like her being a Kenobi more than Luke's daughter, I think. I think some of the theories that are out there making her a Kenobi granddaughter make sense, all th- but then I would hate. I would absolutely hate how they retcon Obi-Wan into not as being as devout a Jedi as as we grew up thinking he was. And we know that he had his relationship, relationship with Satine, but I think it would alter too much about Obi-Wan's character if we found out that he had a daughter at some point, or a child at some point, and then along came Rey.
1: Yeah, that's, where, there, there that's is a nice where we get symmetry. to
0: standalone. Yeah, maybe. But I think, oof, they got to tread carefully. Tread <laughs> <laughs> very carefully with that. Yep. Obi-Wan's become an even more beloved character in the last say, 15 years since, since the prequels than maybe ever before. The Clone Wars did a ton for Obi-Wan. Even Rebels has done a ton for Obi-Wan now in just one quick episode. Very careful if you're going to start tampering with Obi-Wan's past in, in a very fundamental way. It, it risks altering everything we've come to understand about Obi-Wan. So there you go. Bradley, great question. Well, And we're gonna, I think we're going to get some answers. I hope we get some answers. In a couple months. It's almost there. All right. Bradley, we'll hear from you again next week, sir. Thank you very much. And we move on to Carlos. And Carlos this week says, Just wondering if you guys think Jen had Force Ability. Her mother gives her a kyber crystal necklace, and two minutes later, she's, she's able to calm her mind and stabilize the lantern. Once it's on, she exhales as if as it if was exerting. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. It does, however, make me think that the story group was trying to prime the fans for seemingly regular characters to be able to use the Force. Like, say, Finn. That's not, not how the Force works. It doesn't. Is it a slap in the face of rigid fans who worship at the altar of the Jedi? What are your thoughts? So, Corey, what are your thoughts? Did Jin or does
1: Jin have any force ability? I'm kind of on the same page in saying that I think we all do to a certain degree and from a certain point of view. But uh, Jin's mom, she wasn't necessarily force sensitive, but. She believed in the nature of the Force. She believed she could feel the Force. Which, as a reader, uh, you kind of take... You assume to be true. Like, she is feeling the living Force. So, I think, you know, certain characters, uh, certain strong characters like Jin, I think that Crystal would have enabled her more to get in touch with the Force, but more from the sense that You know, if she was panicking in that moment with the lantern, the Force kind of exuded uh, maybe more of a calming essence over her, which she was more easily able to receive, but not necessarily know what she's receiving, kind of. Uh, I don't see her as being someone that's, you know, ever going to be able to wield a lightsaber or something like that, but I do see... (laughs) Not (laughs) anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... Individuals, I do see them at one point, like Finn, like you'd mentioned, basically more like having a faith and belief in the Force, and it working out for them, as we saw with kind of like um, Chirrut and Bayes. Maybe not so much Bayes; he had lost faith, but Chirrut, you can maybe think he's definitely not a Jedi, but he had a strong belief and faith. And it's clearly evident in his last scene of the film. Sure. Yeah, his, his sort of faith in the Force was sort of reborn. But I do believe that that kyber crystal does kind of exude or project and influence her or help her to get going into the right direction in a way.
0: Yeah, I, I think the this, this most solid foundation for this argument goes back into Catalyst, uh, where, like you said, you touched on it, that Lyra... I mean, it's explicitly said that Lyra could not use the Force, but she could feel it, and that was good enough for her. Uh, So I I, I don't think there's any illusions there. Um, And go back to uh, the making of the Return of the Jedi book, the J.W. Rinsler stuff, these Bibles of Star Wars history. Everybody can feel the Force. These are words
1: from George Lucas. Everybody is able to touch the force uh, so it's just how firmly and strongly you believe like again no it like, was it was
0: a matter of training let it, tra- tra- it wasn't necessarily
1: belief it was uh, more a of, matter of I'm both
0: s- yeah i guess i guess you have to believe in it in order to practice it but but you look, couldn't have I, I couldn't just be like i believe in the force and i'm gonna feel it it no. was a matter of having to practice oh for in sure in the same way that you like luca said yoga exactly like, i can like, believe in the benefits of yoga but if i don't actually do the yoga I'm not gonna reap those benefits. So,
1: like charette's the best example of that. Like, just in meeting Jin, he senses her kyber crystal, right? Like, there's something about her that he's able to. She's exuding, she doesn't even know it, and he's able to pick up on. Sure. Yeah, I mean, true's Ch- a, a whole different story.
0: I mean, we could, we could talk about truth some other time. Um, but you know, I you know Jin was separated from both of her parents when she was like 6, right? So was Lyra able to teach Jin how to feel the force as well? I, why not, right? I mean if 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 Lyra could in fact teach, her. she was a teacher I think, right? Or was that uh Galen? Which one was the teacher? I can't remember. Were either a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I I seem to think one was an educator at some point. But anyway, I could see Lyra um, telling her about the force, especially when they're down on this on this farm, right? They've got nothing to do all day. Well, they used and to go so for they, hikes and stuff too. Sure, but I mean, I, I think they had plenty of time to sit together as a family or just mother daughter, and and, and she went to
1: connect to this energy field. And Jin went with her as well on some of the, the expeditions that she was out on. Sure. Yeah, and in my mind, Jin could
0: feel the force. Just like her mom, even though she couldn't use it to her own ends or for her own purposes, uh, it brought her tranquility. You know, something she didn't enjoy very much of in her life. Um, so, but it's either that, either she can definitely legitimately feel it in the way her mom did, and it brought her peace and focus and whatnot, or the kyber crystal that she has. That you know, she kind of squeezes it and closes her eyes it just reminds her of her mother and brings her comfort that way. It's, it's one or the other, but I'm, I, I tend to think that she could feel something.
1: Are we, I think we're on the same page there. Yep. Definitely. Like, uh, even if it's just a tremor, uh, I think it borderlines on belief again, that where it's so slight, uh, it's almost like a realization. It's like living here on this earth and like, you know, if you take a time to just, like, enjoy everything for a second, you can you can feel the true nature of things at times, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm feeling it, you know, it's like, it's almost like religion for them in a way, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I never, like, Carlos gave the example of the of the, the lantern stabilizing. I had never even considered that. I'll have to go back and sort of watch that scene again and see if maybe they were trying to point at something there. It's possible, but I, I, I don't think Jin had any
1: latent force powers at her disposal, but I do believe that kyber crystal did, uh, again, exude something on some kind of calming effect. It it helped her. Yeah, I mean, these we're learning
0: more about these crystals as we go along. They were, I mean, obviously they're powerful and they seem to be semi sentient things, almost symbiotic. So sure, but it's 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 interesting. This this kind of ties into a piece of news this week. Uh, that we didn't really get into, but uh, early drafts of Rogue One had a blind Jedi in the script, and it, they were pulling somebody from I think it was the Force Unleashed video game. I think his name was like Rome Kota or something like that. And that character eventually morphed into Chirrut. And you know, my my initial thought on that was, ah, why didn't they do that? Like again, like having a having legit Jedi in Rogue One was the last thing I needed. To make it a complete Star Wars experience for me, but uh, in, again, in retrospect, I I think it was the prudent move to not have Jedi in the movie. It just it, we didn't we didn't need another Jedi kicking around, right? At the time of A New Hope, it just uh, muddies the
1: water, right? I mean, we've already got Kanan and Ezra as loose ends. Yeah, it could have been cool to have one hanging around uh, Jeddah, but no, it kind of makes sense to morph him into Chirrut.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, you know, folding in the the Guardians of the Wills and opening up that door, I, I I I like what they eventually did. It it just it's more responsible, I think.
1: Yeah, it opens more story possibilities as well. In a sense that you know you now you have these Church of the Force, the Guardians of the Wills guys, like.
0: Yeah, but it, I I think it's clear as day that the writers, the various writers, starting wow, jeez, how many writers were there on Rogue One? So many but they i think they grappled hard with the idea of including jedi in this movie somehow. I think they really really wanted to get jedi into it, just couldn't make it stick. And you know, again from resurrecting this this Rome coda to uh remember that old story of making Lyra a jedi. Yeah. Remember that story from, from Oh yeah. Yeah, it's from the uh exposés f- early I think from April of this year or so. It's I think it's clear they wanted to have a straggler jedi in the flick but they they backed off but i you know i still still a a big piece of me would have liked to have seen Lyra igniting a, a, a lightsaber to defend her family against Krennic and the death troopers i think that would have been incredible but it yeah, would have true. It, it, it would, been would have been a nice
1: way to start the film
0: it would have been so nice that's that that's all i probably would have needed to say it. we got a jedi they they and this is still like a couple years post revenge of the Sith in that arena, it would have made more sense that maybe there's a a straggler still kicking around. I would have bought that. Um, and she's just outnumbered and the death troopers take her out. Um, yeah, I I would have loved to have seen that, but again, it would, it, then we really would have amped up the whole is Jenna, a Jedi type thing. We really would have went off the deep end with that discussion then when we really didn't, wouldn't have needed to. Anyway, that's a roundabout way, Carlos, of saying I, I think Jin could feel the force. She tried hard enough to feel it. She was instructed by her mom. Maybe somebody else that we haven't heard about yet, but
1: yeah. And also, I don't know if she was super receptive to it either. Like, she seemed like her life, she's lucky to have had that influence. It helped her, it gave her like, it's almost like a good luck charm in a sense, because I don't see her being all that. Being like the Force is great, and blah blah blah. Like spreading the word of the Force. Like she was pretty, uh, you know, her situation wasn't all that great. So I could see her being a little pessimistic.
0: <laughs> a little, yeah.
1: All right, thanks,
0: Carlos. That was a great question. It you can get so much mileage out of that one. So if anybody out there has a diverging opinion, let, let us know. I, I think there's. Still stuff to talk about there. All right, from here we go to Katie. And Katie this week asks, In Rogue One, we saw Yavin 4 and Mustafar again. So my question, what planets would you like to see again, maybe in the sequel trilogy or future films? Uh, Corey, I think the way I looked at this is I'm just going to... I'll go through the movies and I'll rattle off a planet name. You give me a yes or a no. And if, if you want to stop me and say, this is where I would love to see that, just stop, feel free to stop me. Go for it. <clears throat> so, Naboo.
1: Yes, it's on my list. I'm a yes to Naboo as well. Um, Coruscant. Not on my list, but I'm not averse to seeing it. I'm a yes to, to Coruscant. Tatooine. On my list.
0: I'm a no. I don't really care to see Tatooine again. I knew it, but that- <laughs> I know there's
1: something more to Tatooine than you know. Alright. Camino. Interesting. Uh I'll go yes, but it's not on my list. Yeah. Uh, eh,
0: I don't need to go back to Camino. Utapau.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. Uh Mustafar.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Big yes to Mustafar. We need to go back to Mustafar. Scarif. Nope. Nope. Jedha. Yup. Big yup uh yavin 4 we've seen again do you want to see yavin 4 again
1: no we got the gist of it there we might get it again in rebel season 4 right yeah that'd be fine i love the temples the scenery jungle temples total total mayan feel do you think we go back in time at some point in star wars and somehow the jedi had set up camp there that would be really cool. And I definitely hope to see that. I hope they lay a lot of the foreground to this. I hope someone's paying attention to, as to where all these temples that they've, you know, put in fandom or uh, in canon right now, Lothal, uh Malachor, all that stuff, I hope it all comes into play. In the past, yeah, st- well, Yavin, it's called messasi temples, right? So I
0: don't know if that's like an offshoot of Jedi or if they're another culture altogether. But I don't, I don't, I'm going to say they're not ever going to be Jedi temples.
1: Oh, that? Yeah, I know what you mean. For Yavin, for sure. But the the other ones, like, definitely on Lothal and stuff. I hope they document stuff like that and we get to hear about it.
0: Uh, Hoth? Nah. Oh, yeah, we gotta go. No.
1: <laughs>
0: no. Bespin? No, not really. Nah, we went back there briefly in uh, Life Debt, I think. Endor? Yep. You I'd do like eh? to
1: see it, yeah. Well, that's a forest moon, right? I I don't know what Endor's like at all, but I definitely like to to see what those little free savages are up to. <laughs> uh,
0: the only reason I want to see Endor again is I I want to see some backstory about Vader's funeral pyre being picked clean. Like I assume Luke left everything there, and somebody came and took Vader's helmet, and who knows what else. I'd like to see that explored a bit, preferably on screen. It should have been a hotter fire. Yeah, either Vader's helmets made of some pretty impressive stuff or yeah, they needed a Luke didn't build a very powerful fire.
1: Or or Luke uh, should have taken it with him. Or that. He, um he, he partied too hard that night. <laughs> too much Corellian
0: brandy. <laughs> Uh, there's also, there was also some like a discarded story element from the Force Awakens where there was like some undersea exploration of Death Star Two wreckage, and like that's I I, I want to say like um, schematics or the map of the galaxy was pulled out from old wreckage of the Death Star there. I wouldn't mind seeing that.
1: That would be kind of cool. Because again, like we said before, like uh, the galaxy is a m- massive place, so. <clears throat> Maybe a lot of people don't have. It's not like you probably have the the entire star chart for the entire galaxy. I'm sure there's certain, well, the unknown regions, I guess. But there's definitely a lot people don't know.
0: Sure, absolutely. I, so yeah, in that in that scenario, I want to see Endor again. Otherwise, I don't need to see. I, I don't. I know the the Ewoks were recruited as like. Like animal pets or uh, hospital pets, <laughs> <laughs> in in uh, Empire's End, I think it was. Anyway, moving on, Jakku. Like, uh, let's assume that we're going back there at some point in episodes eight or nine. Well, I think we heard we're getting going back there on nine. Spoiler alert. Well, now with JJ taking over, m- starting true. over, m- maybe not. Although I would, I would that was pre- think JJ. so. I would, I mean, it's his. That's his place, right? I would think he's going back. So, let's let's think b- beyond episode nine, or pre
1: episode seven. Do you want to go back to Jakku? Uh, yeah, just because I want to see some more significance for the planet as well,
0: and th- that's why I'm a no to Tatooine, because for me now, Jakku is the new Tatooine, and there's more going on on Jakku that's pertaining to this era of storytelling. It's all about the sand. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't want too much sand. <laughs> I can only deal with one sandy planet. And I'm more, I've got Jakku and Jeddah. That's as much sand as I need. Uh, Takodana.
1: Yes and no. Not really.
0: Whatever. The, uh, if we get to see that there's an old Jedi versus Sith battle there that took place before Maz owned owned that
1: pub, I'd like to see that. Well, you've touched well, on all, all the ones that I thought of off the top of my head. the The only one I'm thinking left is Malachor. That's where I most want to go. I really want to see that battle that happened in the past, and whatever the hell was built there, that super weapon that they almost activated in Twilight of the Apprentice. I want to yeah, see that I'd whole like thing. See Malachor. Oh, dude! People frozen in place. Like frozen in place, like turned to ash, that became glass. Like what the hell happened there? Like it looked like there was countless number of sabers just lying on the ground. That could be the cataclysm of what you know the, the big Sith Jedi war. Why Yoda is so saying? Like everyone says, like that's where Jedi go to die. That could be the the crux, the climax of that saga. Yeah. Any other planets you want to see? Any maybe, deeper cuts? Maybe
0: Montcalmari.
2: Mm.
1: You didn't get enough of it in Clone Wars. Yeah, we saw it a few times. But that's what made it so cool, though, for me, for me to want to go back.
0: What was the name of the the villain in that in that arc was stupid though. The the, sh- the big shark. great
1: white shark. Yeah, that was that was dumb. That was very. Uh... Low-hanging fruit. I don't know. Just vilifying a shark like that, like sharks are gentle,
0: loving creatures.
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm ambivalent on on calamari. Anything else?
1: That's it for F- now. Falu-
0: Felucia Salakami Ord Mantell.
1: Well, we haven't seen that on film yet. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going off the reservation here. No, I'm good, man. Like, from what we've seen on film, I think you nailed the better part of it. Yeah, I just wanted to sweep through the main
0: places that we've seen in in the saga so far. I don't know if I was forgetting any. I don't think so. All right. Um, Katie, let us know. What would you like to see? Corey, is there anything, before we move on, is there anything specific you want to see on any of these planets? Like for for Mustafar, obvious, right? We want to know what's at the heart of Vader's Vader's castle. Yeah, stuff like that. Like I really want
1: to see Luke and Kylo explore that place together. Yeah, stuff like that would be really cool. And more, if anything, either to touch up with old friends or force related stuff.
0: Yeah, same with Jeddah. I mean let's 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 go. Let's let's unearth the history of the Jedi there. That's I mean I know I know most of it's been wiped out. But who knows what's what else is on that planet? Uh, Yeah. There we go. And I think Naboo... Nabu could tell us the, the young adventures of Shiv. Ooh.
1: That'd be pretty funny.
0: <laughs> young, young Sheev the painter.
1: The serial killer.
0: Yeah, he'd be a hell of a sociopath in a pacifist community, wouldn't he? A nightmare having to live with that guy. All right. Thank you, Katie. Let us know what you want to see. Everybody else, let us, know, let us know where we need to go back to again, or avoid, for that matter. And let's hear from Nathan this week. I, I like this question. I liked I, it a lot, too. <laughs> I had fun with this one. Good day, gentle fellas. A bit of a silly one for you this week. If you were tasked with casting an all-Canadian parody of Star Wars, who would you cast in what role? So far, I've come up with Steve Smith as Uncle Owen, Brent Butt as R2-D2, Patrick McKenna as C-3PO. The great Gordon Pinsent as Le Grand Moff Tarkin. Kiefer Sutherland as, May, as Boba Fett. He's not Maori. <laughs> Rex Murphy as Dr. Evison, No makeup required. That's mean, but true. And Conrad Black as the voice of Darth Vader. So what do you think? Who would you add or change? Have a great show, guys. All right, Corey. <laughs> Who is... In your all Canadian Star Wars cast. All right, let's uh,
1: let's start with uh, George Strombolopoulos as Boba Fett. Okay, he's right, almost I've Maori.
0: Got... Is he? I don't that know. sounds pretty Greek to me, Strombolopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Bieber as every stormtrooper.
1: I like that a lot. Make That's him a clone trooper good.
0: if you have to. Just I, I want to
1: see. Bieber as Cannon Fodder. All right, where do I want to go here? I got I got, I got all kinds here, man. I'll save some good ones toward the end. I got a whole list here. Like I said, I was drinking last night when I thought about this. so. <laughs> I um, think people just assume that you're always drinking. Yeah, weekends. That's definitely safe to assume. And Sith Disturbers. Let's, let's take something not too too. All right, Michael J. Fox as Wedge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> um i'm gonna I, i've got some trailer park boys references here so rob wells and mike smith as 3po and r2 i don't oh, know how, nice. how i don't know how familiar people are with canadian actors and, and programming i i hope some of these names ring a bell but i'm i'm busting a gut thinking of rob wells and and mike smith as bubbles kind of dolled up as, as C 3 po and r2 i'm i think that's
1: a hilarious visual. Yeah, give me the scooter and skeeter. <laughs> yeah. All right, who else you got? All right, I got I got a whole bunch here, man. Um going to go with the older version of Leia and go with Catherine O'Hara. She is Canadian, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: I never really th- Yeah, she is, clearly, but that's the, the, mob really from, uh, the mom from the from Home Loan, yeah. All right, I'm going to go with Don Cherry as Tarkin. I
1: like it. <laughs> I like Dye it. Tell you right now.
3: <laughs>
1: All right. How's this one? Um, seeing as how I did the O'Hara, I'll go with Eugene Levy as Vader. Oh. Wow. I, 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 you know who I, I've got more Trailer Park Boy references
0: for uh, for Vader? So I've got Randy and Leahy as Vader and the Emperor. And I just oh, picture like, Randy with his big beer belly, just wearing like. The Vader hat, just like the, the 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 slopey samurai part, not the mask. That's how I picture Randy as Vader. And Leahy as the emperor, of course, because he's halfway there already.
1: <laughs> All right, so I'll give you my emperor. My emperor is William Shatner. Yeah, you got to get the Shat
0: in there. I just
1: Ask had getting Shat into Star Wars just 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 to
0: spite the guy. And the emperor, come on. It makes so much sense. It does. How about the, um, yeah? Go for it. I've got Jim Carrey, crazy Jim Carrey, as
1: Liar Liar Kenobi. Really? I got I got <laughs> Jim Carrey on my list, but you know who he is? Jim Carrey plays the role of Maul. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Can't it's as a parody, that, right? Like, I can't you see? Can't you see like Jim Carrey like? Spinning a dual headed lightsaber, like, like just being wacky. And like, you're thinking of uh, Jim Carrey in his prime? Yeah, back wall. Obviously, something. I don't know if you've been listening to the news, but something's changed recently. But yeah, like, uh, comedian Carrey is a parody. Like, yeah, that's why I have like current day crazy Jim Carrey as Liar Liar,
0: Jim Carrey movie, Kenobi. I like that too.
1: Tying things together there. That was one of, my, one of my stronger ones. I thought I can't believe you didn't see that. How about no. uh, okay? How about uh, Dan Aykroyd as Big Boss Nash? <laughs> no, that's
0: good. I had Dan Aykroyd as General Dodonna, but no, as ba- Boss Nash is funnier. <laughs> uh, Michael Sarah as Luke. Oh really? I got Jay Baruchel as Luke. I can see both as like farm boy Luke. Yeah, you. I have like any Cic- awkward
1: guys. I have Michael Sarah on my list. You know who he is? He's knee and Numb. <laughs> what? Because I just pull see him doing that lazy laugh. That, ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's oh whatever. Anyway, uh, Ellen Page as Leia going again to uh, Trailer Park Boys.
1: Yeah, I can see it.
0: All right, just a co- I've got a couple more here. Uh, so, Will
1: Arnett or Jerry D as Han Solo? Boy, my Han Solo is Nathan Fillion or Ryan Reynolds.
0: See, I I actually have both of those as Han on my list, but I was like, ah, that's too easy. It's a parody, though. Like
1: that's the thing; you got to think comedy, right? So these but, guys are. But like, Fillion's already played Han Solo. He was just called Mal. Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds as, as Han Solo, like, come on. I know, but... All right,
0: whatever. I, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Uh, Seth Rogen as Chewy.
1: Yes, he was my second <laughs> Chewie. Oh, dude. I had John Candy and Seth Rogen, like old and young. Well, it's Just... a John Candy barf thing, right? Exactly. That's why I kind of... I was going to put Martin Short, uh, not Martin Short, uh, Rick Moranis as my Vader, but I've uh... been
2: there,
0: done that. So I, I, I threw in one serious pick because I, I think it bears mentioning that I, this, this actress needs to be in star Wars at some point. And she almost was, I think she was up for gin. Uh, Tatiana Maslany needs to be in star Wars. She needs to lead a star Wars flick at some point or be a a, a big piece of one. She's That's too good sitting on the sidelines. Orphan Black, if anybody is curious as to who this is. How about uh, Mike Myers as Obi Wan? I avoided Mike Myers completely. I love Mike Myers, but I feel like, well, th- throwing the, the the stereotypical Canadian actor, Mike Myers. So I, I I steered clear completely. I just went with the comedic aspect there, and yeah, I think you could probably do a lot with with
1: Mike Myers. He's a pretty talented guy after all. It's funny though. I thought Michael Sarah's knee and numb was my you know I thought that was the big one. See, I thought he I think he makes a great awkward farm boy whiny Luke.
0: Imagine him just whining about power converters and Toshi station and wasting time with his friends. I gotcha. I think it'd be terrific. All right, Nathan, I, I hope those work for you. Everybody else, I don't know how if those if those land or if those could just go over with a thud. But I, there's some there's some Canadians listening, and I, I, if if Rob from Gen X is listening, he's probably gonna blow us out of the water with with a bunch of references. So come on, come on, Rob, crush us. And thank you, Nathan. That was a lot of fun. I I, I think I probably killed a good hour at work trying to conjure these up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly, but certainly not leastly, I, I like to end our shows with Jeffrey's questions. They're just nice ways to come in for a nice soft landing. Uh, so Jeffrey, this week, he's asking us, "What other fandoms are you and Corey into?
1: Which fandoms do you put up there with Star Wars?" I'll let I'll let you go first, Corey. I like the way you said that there, in the sense that uh, with a soft landing, because I got you there. Um. Uh- I don't know how much I can really ever put up there so close to Star Wars, but you know us. Seinfeld, very high on our list. Um, and we go- just lost Rob, Rob Williams. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you just- uh, <laughs> he's not a Seinfeld yeah. fan, there. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> and uh, what else we got? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Both Kyle and I have read the... Uh, the trilogy twice. The Hobbit twice. Uh, I've seen the movies many times, but it that, that's captivated me. And another big one, The Matrix, I was pretty big on as a fandom. Like, I don't want to say movies and stuff that I like. I want to say things that are like, you know, there's been world building and whatnot. Back to the future. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, right now, I'm not into anything as big as I'm into Star Wars. running this podcast has has become it's literally become a second job, which I love. so there's there's literally no time for, for like almost anything else for me except for like in a, in a very passive consumption way. And um, you know, if I can str- streamline things to the point where I'd get a little bit more time to myself, I would probably go hard into hockey again. Uh, that I mean, before before podcasting Star Wars, I was huge into the uh, online fandom portion of of hockey. It was Carlos can t- can tell you I you know, I had a blog at one point that a couple of people read. Uh, I, was, I was on radio as Car- as Carlos wasn't from time to time, guessing on a couple of podcasts on that side. But yeah, if, if anything has ever rivaled Star War- like my love of Star Wars on a, on a passion scale, it's definitely hockey. And baseball, for that matter. And I shudder to think what happens to me when baseball, when I say, when baseball makes its return to Montreal, I'm, it's, it's going to be... Uh, I'm going to have a big problem on my hands. I'm going to yeah, be split so many ways. Yeah, well, don't worry, because it's
1: not going to happen. Sure it will. No. It's its absolutely going to happen. Absolutely not going to happen. Kyle and I actually have a bet, Jeffrey. Um, we'll dig it up in the tapes, because we do have it on record. But uh, yeah, I think it's by the eight time I'm 45 or you're 45 that there'll be a team in town. Not I think even it was gonna happen. Some, I
0: think it was 2022, so that would make me 40. F- what? No, I'll be. Oh, whatever. I think it was somewhere there in that range. It's rain too week. late.
1: We'd already know by now. Not necessarily. It's over. It's not happening.
0: It's going to happen, man.
2: Well, I, yeah. I, anyway, anyway.
0: Um. So yeah, sports certainly are the things I'm most into aside from Star Wars. Uh, going back comics as a kid was a was a huge deal. Um, of course, you touched on a few things, but nothing's, nothing's come close to Star Wars. No, really, it's nothing... been Star Wars and sports for me. Those are the two huge things I was massively passionate about.
1: I'm a big fan of Harry Potter as well. It's not like everyone ever went above and beyond, like, I still honestly, uh, I I, actually, I don't want to say this, but either way, big fan of Harry Potter. got all the movies. Um, it's a good world building Ninja turtles as well. I have every episode of the new run and that's the one that I've actually kind of somewhat kept up in the reading with for some reason. I don't know. Like it's like almost like a mental block. Uh, I've kept up, I'm probably about three months behind in my reading but Is Donatello still dead? No, they brought him back. Yeah,
0: I figured they would. Spoilers, anybody? If, <laughs> if yeah. you're reading TMNT, but no, they killed Donatello a couple of years ago, right? So I don't care. It's not. It's not a
1: spoiler anymore. Anyway, Batman, great read. Spider Man. Want to get a little more in depth with like, with what we're doing in comics. Like, definitely Spider Man, uh, Batman, anything, Star Wars. Firefly will always be a fandom in my heart. I love that series. And at the moment, aside from Star Wars, the only thing that's coming close in is Westworld. Like I'm really anticipating that show. Season 2 is going to be huge. I was totally swept off my feet with Season 1. And I, I just can't wait for Season 2 at this point. It's, I'm ex-
3: almost
1: as excited, but just not quite there. Well, I, I think, okay,
0: we all get the Star Wars love. What is, of all the things you've mentioned, only a couple of those would be something that you could envision yourself podcasting about two, three times a week. So, what from all the things you listen? Because I think that's what Jeffrey's driving at. Like, what else could you picture yourself podcasting about two, three
1: times a week, every week? Either Seinfeld, because I have enough knowledge. Uh Firefly, I'd have to rewatch the series a couple more times. Well, I think the most pertinent would be uh Westworld. Makes the most sense. It's it's new, it's fresh, it's hot off the press kind of. Uh new seasons coming in. I think that would make the most sense, but Seinfeld definitely see myself doing that. And I actually thought about this. Uh a, a Westworld podcast called East of Westworld.
0: There must—I'm sure there's probably already a bunch of Westworld podcasts. But that's the thing about shows like that: like you do, you know, eight, ten, twelve, whatever number of episodes, you do a, a review after each one drops. Maybe you find an, a few thematic episodes to do, but then you it drops off and you're gone for like a year.
1: More. This has been a really long break for this show.
0: Yeah, so you have to—you have to find either you put the show in hibernation, which sucks, because you—you would—you probably lose your entire audience. So you put the show into hibernation or you find other ways.
1: You got to make it more.
0: Yeah. You got to make it more than just that show, I guess. Well, no, I mean like you find other ways to slice up talking about the show, themes, characters, whatever arcs, the music, maybe you get, you're lucky enough to line up an interview or something, but yeah,
1: Uh, either way, anyone not watching that show, it's truly incredible. You know, I've heard,
0: I've heard lots of praise and criticism, like at, at both extremes. Like you're very like full of praise for it, and I know people who have told me it's just a steaming
1: pile of crap. Well, I bet you those people haven't given you even a watch till the end. Like they made their judgment beforehand.
0: Yeah, well, if, I mean, people's time is short, right? If if a show doesn't grab you, or if it somehow doesn't make sense to you, or if you think you're being duped, you're going to you're gonna pull out and say, this is crap.
1: Well, I get you. A lot of people were like that with The Matrix. Like, oh, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, no, it's not that it doesn't make sense so much as you don't really understand.
0: But to be fair, I think you're the only person on the planet that understands The Matrix.
1: Well, granted, don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, we got to take it with a dose of movie reality, but... There's a lot of the Matrix that runs so deep that it does make sense. Uh, that is a topic for another time
0: <laughs> <laughs> that we were we are never going to touch on. Maybe we will on Sith Disturbers. We're gonna find out. Maybe maybe we'll do that one day. You're gonna explain the inexplicable Matrix trilogy.
1: Go for it, man. You you just line up your questions and uh,
0: I only I have, have one. Answer. Explain okay. this shit to me.
1: <laughs> I'll do
0: it. <laughs> Oh man! All right, Jeffrey. There you go, sir. My answer is very simple. It's it's really sports. That that that's the big one.
1: Hockey and and baseball primarily. It's funny, like you mentioned that because I didn't even think of sports. I was kind of only only in fandoms in the geek terms, I guess.
0: Yeah, in in geek world, I have nothing else really that rivals Star Wars. I there's lots of things I love, but nothing burns as hot as Star Wars. Um, all right, that's it. Jeffrey, thank you again, sir. And uh, better, I, I wish better luck to your penguins going forward. And that's the end of the show. This was a big one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I certainly did. We we are now in a post-The Last Jedi trailer world. Let us know what you guys think of of anything you heard today, whether it's about uh, the questions we, we did in the Binary Sunset about the trailer. We'd love to get your thoughts on that. Can't wait to hear what you think of the trailer. And uh, again, as we said off the top of the show a couple hours ago, we've got a big week coming up at Tumbling Saber. It's going to be a big one. Stay tuned for that. Um, you'll learn more, Powerful Friends, as you get an exclusive edition of Sith Disturbers this Friday. And for those of you who are not yet Powerful Friends, head over to patreon.com slash Saber, Become one of our Powerful Friends. Find out what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, for just two to three bucks a month, you'll get the Sith Disturbers podcast uh, early access to others like Journals of the Willing, uh, Worthy of Recognition, which uh, you could be a part of. And then just launched last week, Saber Rattling, which I just named in the heat of the moment. Uh, but I think it turned out pretty cool.
3: Yeah.
1: Did you listen to it, Corey? I did. I did. Uh, I wish you would have consulted me on the title. I guess I'm just, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> Either way, yeah, it was a really, really, really good episode.
0: Well, I mean, if I ever need a a title for another podcast, I'll be sure to uh, consult you.
1: Mm, I see. Mm -hmm. By the way, to get the premier uh, collector within Canada, like this guy's number one. This guy's like Rancho Rancho Obi-Wan Canada style. Like, uh, Good on you. It was a good conversation. This guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and we're going to have him back, as I said
0: numerous times. We will get him back. I've got a lot more questions for him. Um, And again... There's more to come there's there's uh giveaways that we like we talked about off the top we've got almost a year of giveaways planned out for you guys uh newsletters, which you know they're doing all right, but Cory's got to uh, Cory we're gonna get Cory to i I have this dream that Cory's going to write for a newsletter, and it'll be a challenge to you guys to figure out what the hell he's talking about yeah
1: I don't know if it's a blog or am I supposed to say thank you like I'm so confused <laughs>
0: uh the punctuation the lack of Is going to be staggering. And uh, again, if if becoming a powerful friend is not in the cards for you, then uh, just consider leaving us a review on iTunes or telling a friend about our show and how much fun you have listening to it. Uh, And again, this week at the Star Wars Commonwealth, you're going to get a plethora of great podcasts uh, from Talk Star Wars, uh, from the Nerd Room, uh, Gen X Wing, they've been on a little bit of a break, but they'll be back soon. Uh, The Rogue Squadron Podcast, The Skyhoppers, and, of course, San Diego Sabres with Steve and the boys there. Uh, great Star Wars content. Unique voices. You should really check it out. StarWarsCommonwealth.com. And, uh, again, Corey, where can we find you on Twitter if people want to harass you?
1: Well, on Twitter, you're going to find me at JumpRulesWithAZ.
0: Can't end the show without hearing that. And uh, you can find me at Saber, everybody, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, and, uh, like I said, on Twitter. And that's it. Another another show in the books. We creep again. We take one more step towards episode 100. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch the powerful friends in Sith Disturbers later this week. And for the rest of you, have a terrific week. And we'll talk to you next time.
2: Watching you walking away